podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> good good include it. Include it. <laughs> this is hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek the Next Conversation. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone. We should say we should start off the top by saying Matt doesn't know this. I only asked him if he was sick, and he apparently noticed nothing wrong with my voice. Your voice is deeper than normal, and I was just I was really just hoping. That I finally going for something? built up some kind of command your of master, broadcasting. Your, your, your and... testosterone had finally reached normal level. <laughs> and I was not going to lose it. I was just going to be like, well. I'm finally a man. Uh. <laughs> Mazel. <laughs> no, I have also been sick as a dog. And Matt has just told me a bunch of symptoms. And I think I might. We haven't been in touch. Otherwise, I would say that you one of us definitely cough? got it from the other. I have the cough. He says it's a it's a it's an an unexplained cough and that has lasted and lasted. I have the same thing. It is not COVID on both counts for both me and him. And uh, believe it or not, I learned from Andy last time. I took a test, and then I got a throat culture. I went one step beyond. Oh, you're looking for strep, huh? Uh, that's what I was looking for. Uh, it is uh, parainfluenza, hmm. which sounds terrifying. So how do you treat that? You don't. Yeah. You fluids and rest <coughs> and you wait it mine out. Mine is like mine is like gurgly. That's what you know it what is. I mean? <clears throat> yep. It, my throat doesn't hurt at all. Uh-huh. That's well, it's my throat a, really hurts, but gurgle. it has not been as it has not been as uh, you know, upstairsy in the, in the sinuses. Yes, um, I don't have a stuffy nose. So it's probably what it is. I wonder it must be highly contagious. We need one more highly contagious thing in our People have had, uh, people, according to Dory, everyone's had this sort of, this exact thing. And also you can catch Every, it through everyone, Zoom, apparently. Whatever that means, I don't know. <gasps> no! Yeah, so I probably, oh one of God. us caught it from the other. I mean, you have the kid, so. He, Henry Dor- got on me today and, like, covered my eyes, and then I just, I felt him breathe into my mouth, and I was like, I just got everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It was fucking... It was like the lab in Wuhan opened into my mouth. Oh, my God. Anyway. Daddy, we are one now. <laughs> it, was, it was like hot breath, too. Was, I was like, oh, it's disgusting. Because I know he's a fucking... Petri dish, pardon the language up top, but you know, four year olds are little little carriers of everything. Well, I don't so. have a kid, but as a result of this, I've been it's just been fevers and fucking miserable all week. And not 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 crushing, but just enough to take me out of commission of everything. Well, I admire you for getting getting it together to do this podcast well right back at you pal i admire both of us for not pushing it if we're both actually sick which is what it seems like and neither of us pushed it that's amazing i, well, I didn't push it because i was what? like the podcast oh what like do you mean this to scheduled say? one 
Like oh, pu- say, oh, oh, I, I see pushing. Yeah, I got you. I see. And I'm like, and I was thinking about it today, and I was like, God, I don't know if I can. And I was like, eh, we got a window. Let's use the window. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, because Henry, uh, our nanny is sick today. So Henry's, and Henry, we kept Henry home because he had a fever last night. So I how high was his fever? Like 101.8. Oof. Then this morning, 97.7. Yeah, that's. The, I think that's the way this has been going for me too. I'd be like, "Oh, this is done," and then the next day I'll have one hundred and one. It's crazy. Um, but look, yeah, you know what my you know what my reaction was, Matt. Mine was like, "No, we gotta, we gotta get the content to our our crew. We they need we, us. It's so important." Think, picture us in the in, we'll in endure, guys, with don't big worry. gloves on, putting the podcast into a big shoot. <laughs> <laughs> a pneumatic tube somehow. <laughs> uh, spray it with all sorts of <laughs> viral look, killers. I I am trying to remember the years in which what Star Trek three I don't not see the Star Trek two came out in eighty two, correct? That's maybe eighty one. I gotta look it up. What was it? 82. Yeah, rats. And then three. Maybe 81, in, right? Just three came out in 84. Yeah. Four came out in 86. Uh huh. So it was like, that was like every two years they were churning out one of these movies. Yeah. I can't believe that. That's incredible. You saw the heads up. Patrick Four got a promise, promising update. Meaning, JJ verse. Yeah, you saw Patrick the four uh, is still happening according to screenwriter Lindsay Anderson. Beat. And it's been seven years since Star Trek Beyond. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, I I would have been making I'm more sorry, this whole time. Lindsay there... Anderson beer. Oh, uh, I would have been making more this whole time. I feel like it's a good crew of actors. You got you got their personalities already built in. You could do a lot of great movies with them, and they should have been making more. I'm sure there's. Well, who who would have been the who would have been who are the big one? I guess obviously Saldana's got a huge block schedule in the past ten years. Um, Carl Urban's busy all the time. Is Carl Urban? Oh, I guess he's got uh, the boys. The boys, right? And, uh, and your various Chris other random Pine, projects. Pines, yeah. You know, I guess that's probably hard. Many. Yeah. And uh, Peg's uh, just looking for a place to call home. Did Chris Pine have a kerfuffle recently? Not that I know of. Um, If you know of any kerfuffles, uh, (laughs) let us know. I feel like something happened, but my sick brain can't remember what it is, and I don't care to look it up. Um, He's finally learning. (laughs) I'm going to look up what he might have done that was terrible. And then you know what? Then I'll sound off on my take on it. <laughs> Here, I'm the uh, person who's talk about this. Let me let me just talk about it. <laughs> I gen- however, I will say, uh, I genuinely don't think Chris Pine has come up in anything. Um, there but was one again. Look it up, whoever's not us. <laughs> one other thing. 
that I wanted to. Oh, the other news. Yes. This is, this is as is well established in the structure of our show. This is the news portion of the show. Then I also saw a thing that uh, headlines. That, yeah, headlines. <laughs> Headline. <laughs> um, that. Uh, uh, maybe it was just Patrick Stewart saying, "Like, well, I would like to do a movie," but it wasn't wasn't he saying really? that like that like he would like to get the crew together? Maybe it was just he was off on his own saying that. He's wandering around Hollywood saying, "I'd like to get the crew back together." He wanted to do a Picard really movie. Lost it at this point, yeah, maybe. Um, you know, <laughs> when I was. Uh, However old I was, these face nines ninety seven, so I was fourteen years old or so. Okay. And I just remember thinking, Oh, this is great. Once the TNG movies wrap up, we'll get D Space Nine movies and then we'll get Voyager movies. Yeah. And like I, I sort of just thought my brain just sort of thought that's how it's gonna happen. We're gonna get all these series and all these movies are gonna come after the series. And I was always looking for the I was looking forward to the big screen version of 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 D Space Nine and Voyager, but never got it. I'm trying to think, and it's so hard because of my brain, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, of an example of a TV show that successfully, I mean, Star Trek obviously had its successes, but just where it's like they took the housing that made the show and they used it for the movies because i think most of the reason that there's such a disconnect between oh you're making this quality show and then just move that to movies is because you're changing the housing entirely you're dealing with a big studio which is giving you different notes and there's different things going on and then even if you're moving the crew and some of the writers and people it's mm-hmm. like the, a whole bunch of new directives are being applied that screw well, you also have to up. like capture a new audience Right, that's true. Like if you think of like X Files, fight the future. Right, which is like you watch that movie. I mean, I was heavy into X Files when the movie came out. Yeah. So for me, it was not a big stretch. But I was watching it, thinking to myself, "If you've never seen this, this is a fucking bad movie." Yeah. Like if you've never seen X Files and you watch Fight the Future, that's a the movie's bonkers. I uh, I I don't I, is Fight the Future. I think I remember I had had seen it. And I don't think I'd seen the final season. There's another one where I haven't seen the final season of X-Files. The Robert Patrick season. I got a weird... Yeah, that must be But it's not even the final season anymore because they did another season. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the original final season. But the... Um, uh, and side note, Matt, um, I know, are, I know what the reaction of this will be. I am in it. No, I would love to have been in it. Uh, um, I was going to say I... Uh, I didn't know you were that much of an X-Files head. I'm sure it's been mentioned. And uh, uh, that is a show I would love to watch <laughs> with you. I think that would be a great, if we ever, we will never run out of Look, Star Trek. Look, uh, Kumail but, did one called The X-Files Files. Yes, uh, I'm aware of that. But not I with our know. special style. Didn't he quit on it also? I mean, he didn't quit so much as Hollywood embraced him. <laughs> Right? Didn't he? Wasn't he? Uh, didn't he? He ride a wave of glory and uh, success away from he that podcast. Out of that. Oh man! Can you imagine if that happened to me? Oh boy! <laughs> Later, suckers. <laughs> no, you said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I also want to give a little hat tip to Matt. I mean, Matt wouldn't want to make this uh, part of the podcast, but, uh, you know, just before we started, we were saying that neither of us have COVID, and he said... <laughs> Brovid? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, and then he wondered aloud that must be a sketch somewhere and it of course is i didn't haven't dug in that much to it unless unless this brovid thing is something else um and but in uh, my mind you'd catch brovid and start acting more like a bro that's yeah that's the the college sketch group yes video that i'm sure is out there in various forms you know what it's a good sketch how'd they make it you know how'd they make it in the pandemic that's a really good question. I think it might have been post that. Is it set? No, <laughs> September 2020 is when this came out. Wow. They're way ahead of the curve. Way to go, Brovid makers. I like the uh, idea of kids being affected by it, but not as much. Right. Little kid bros would be funny. Yeah. Matt, you're Old people really, being particularly susceptible to... <laughs> you're to a really Brovid. good college sketch group Thank uh, you. writer. I, uh, you know, I spent my time, I did write sketches for Nerdist back when that was a thing, and, uh, you know, uh, 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 for the, for the podcast itself? For the YouTube channel. Oh, for the YouTube channel. Gotcha. Um, that was, uh, that was a, that was a time. Yeah. Um. Anyway. We have it to poll. We have a Tapole, which is going to be before the Admirals Club. Uh, who knows? No I'm way just, to know. I'm just announcing it, okay? I'm just announcing the, the order in which these things are happening. Can you imagine my voice was like this all the time? Oh, man. I, we'd have a very low register. Yeah. Like, our podcast would be very monotone. Like, it's probably even harder to tell us apart right now. That's true. Uh, I'm Andy, uh, and I'm real dumb. I'm Matt. And I'm somehow even dumber. Oh my god, he got me. <laughs> uh, poll. Oh boy. Uh, this is the kind of silence. It's hey. If a marshmallow tiff makes you wonder what if, you gotta take it to poll. And at the 14 minute mark, yes, Andy, this is unrelated to this to poll thing at all. Great, love it. More, more stuff. Yes. You ever like go into a donut shop (laughs) in New York and like get something and it just tastes like it's it tastes like coffee because it's been around coffee all day. Yes. I'm experiencing that with the fresh corn grill uh, brownie right now. And I hate it. <sighs> fresh corn grill brownie. I'm trying to think. Would I? Yeah. Yeah. Fresh corn. Yeah. Th- those, uh, th- they make solid treats. Yeah, I don't know. Those are my, my go to. Right? You got something healthy and then you just were like, well, I'm going to order this shit too that I shouldn't be eating. Right. What's funny is I wanted the brownie. So I got the brownie and then ordered something healthy. Oh, interesting. You back, you backed into <laughs> yeah, the healthy I meal. Backed, I backed into it. <laughs> um, all right. This to poll. But it tastes like a gas station Dunkin' Donuts. That's what it tastes like to me. 
That might That's... be a uniquely New England thing, but do you? But there's got to be some charm to that. I mean, some people dunk. There their, is, their there is some charm. There coffee. is the nostalgia to it. When I bite into it, I'm like, oh, that tastes like when my sister used to work at the. Uh, my sister Julie used to work at the Dunkies, Dunkin' Donuts that was in the mobile station. Yeah, at uh, right at the Tuxbury Lowell border, right at the yeah. end of And on Andover Street. Anyone who's from the area enjoy. That's where my sister used to work. Um, and she would yeah. bring home. She was just at the so time she stuff. was. She was just trying night, to prepare her you, her life story to to be made into a David O. Russell film later. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because <laughs> at night uh, they throw out everything that wasn't sold. Oh, so she'd bring so some so she'd come often come home with like absurd boxes of Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, and I'd like it was like every morning was Christmas morning to me as a fat kid. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. And there's like a box of cookies and a box of like blueberry muffins. And I'm like, this is the best. And they all sort of tasted vaguely the same. What which was, was to, which is to say infused with the coffee? I, my parents were not, uh, nutrition other than sort of general, like, well, let's give them whatever, what, whatever mm-hmm. the, the wrong headed perspective of the food pyramid was or whatever at the time. Sure. Like, they didn't yeah. care about it. Were your parents yeah. like, I don't, we don't give a fuck, whatever, whatever you want to eat? Uh, I mean, that's complicated. <laughs> I probably went outside the boundaries often. You know what I mean? I don't want to point fingers at Mary. <laughs> no, I'm not. No one's pointing any fingers anywhere. Uh, <laughs> Um, no, but she, you know, she, well, I look, I had, I had dietitians when I was young. I was, I was a monster. Dietitians. Nice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. She cared is all I'm saying. So you had the information in your head and you were just willfully Duh. ignoring it. No, I mean, look again, this is not, well, I thought we were taking it to poll here. What's happening? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want. What is intended to go deep? <laughs> All right, too deep. This is too deep, even for me. <laughs> From our statistician, uh, DS Nine, uh, episode nine in the second season, Second Sight. This is where the final stats. Um, Matt and I collectively rated it a four two five. Matt gave it a three. I gave it a five point five. That was a big split. And then IMDb gives it a six point two higher. Patreon gave it a 4.3. Um, Interesting. So that was slightly lower. And then 35% voted uh, four Andes. Um, so, so in the middle. Yeah. They're about so we're, we're right. Yeah, we were right. Is that, is that what we... Uh, now, which one are we looking at to determine if we're right? IMDb or the, the collective, The collective. The collective. Our collective uh, rating and our Patreon rating. Right, I think that's fair. And it was almost exactly the same. Um, and then for Sanctuary, episode 10 of the second season, we gave it collectively a 5.5. Matt gave it a 6, I gave it a 5. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.4, also higher. And then Patreon gave it a 5.2, also pretty much dead on with us. Mm, uh, majority it, voted for 5, 36%. So not controversial episodes in the Andes. Mm. No, no controversies generated by the twenty-year-old uh, episodes of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you never know; we could stir up trouble anywhere. Uh, that's it that for is, the polls. That we are pretty good at that. 
now if we will if you would sir if you just uh step over to the admiral's club over here oh wait do we didn't fucking what no we already stepped in what's happening we're so out of it oh here you go everybody andy would you have them watch this episode i mean i'd say pass unless you like saying what unless you like saying what (laughs) matt would you have them watch this episode? It's more fun if you picture Jack Skellington saying everything. <laughs> Is that what Chris Randon did the voice for Chris Jack Skellington? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And uh I couldn't I couldn't unhear it. Yes. So the whole episode I was just like this is this is fun. He's sort of claymation he's a claymation skeleton in my mind. You talk about uh part of that uh that Danny Elfman money train being the voice of Jack Skellington in the Disney Empire is pretty sweet. The singing voice of Jack Skellington is Danny Elfman, and the uh-huh. speaking voice is, is Sarandon. Because Danny Elfman likes to get his mitts on everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we're in the Admirals Club. Matt, friend of the show. They? Friend of the show, Danny Elfman. Friend of, <laughs> friend of the show. When is he going to come back for another interview? Don't look well, in the past. There's no... I would love to talk I to Danny Elfman. Don't look that guy's just mentioned him before. That guy's got to have great stories. Do you think he's the kind of... Because the, he was a rock star. Do you think he's the kind of guy who all the stories revolve sort of around? And then I did this. Or do you think he's like... And then Tim Burton came in and he like... And he has like well-defined stories where he's more of an observer uh these are the big big questions for our star trek podcast no i was just like didn't didn't he do a nerdist danny elfman and then i'm like looking him he did an id10t october 28th 2021 yeah uh sat down with chris and i love this description danny elfman and chris chat danny elfman has a terrific chat with chris about their mutual love of victorian era taxidermy talk about a thing only two rich people can discuss (laughs) you know what i love about victorian era taxidermy (laughs) it's amazing anyway love you chris you too, Danny Elfman, friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> Matt, how did they get into the Admirals Club? They head over to Patreon. No, they don't. They leave a five-star review of us wherever they want. They could do it on Patreon, but it's silly because everyone in there already agrees with you. Uh, leave a five-star review of this podcast wherever podcasts are rated or uh, even where podcasts aren't rated. If you want to scribble it on the wall of a bathroom in a Barnes & Noble, go for it. You'll be in. Just send us a send us an image of it to the uh, to the main email. Um, our first admittee is uh, uh, Inez, um, and she gave me the pronunciation, even though it looks like it is. So that's I'm glad you did that. Thank you, Inez, um, from Canada, and. This says, if you ever need to hear Andy Secunda's impression of a Romulan Dolphin crew member, this podcast is for you. Um, true enough. Mr. Mai writes, Five Andes, I am deeply embarrassed of how much I listen to this Star Trek podcast, and yet somehow I also want merch. Wow. Also, I wonder if you're placing yourself somewhere south of New York City and that you say deeply embarrassed of how much instead of buy how much um this is that's a that is a language tick you always like to point out 
I think it's because because uh, Adam always Adam Goldberg always said embarrassed of much, embarrassed mm. of of how, and I was like. I don't like sticks, I don't like it either. My craw. <laughs> don't like it either. It's not the way people speak. However, I do like that you sent us a nice uh a nice uh review and uh Mr. Mai, um we're going to get you that merch. Just because you brought it up again, I'm going to fucking get it to you. I don't need to cuss. Cub Wambi says, "Fabulous Star Trek podcast. This is simply the best Star Trek podcast that's available. Also the only one I've ever listened to." Matt and Andy have great chemistry, and I love when they disagree about episodes or things within the episodes. Also, Andy's president voice cracks me up every single time. I'm the president. I'm the president. You couldn't not do it. It's That's hard. So funny. Well, I I was just actually wanted to see how it how it sounded in my current sick voice. Gotcha. Yeah, a little gurglier. Yeah, I'm the president. It's actually not that different. I guess. I guess I'm using the same kind of part of my throat. Uh, I'm currently in the middle of season three, back in July of 2018, and it sure feels like nothing oh. can stop the forward momentum of life and this podcast. Have no idea if Gosh. I'll ever hear this being read, if ever, uh, well, if it is ever read, but keep up the if great you catch up, If you catch up five years later, yep. here we are. What were you reacting to as like... Just 2018? Like I was just how, like thinking back to like were. how we both had steady jobs and... Yeah. Um... You know, I feel like it wasn't as hot back then. <laughs> On the planet, you mean? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do mean that. New York City is flooding right now. I, I saw. Checking on my parents. Which trains are the worst right now? No, I don't. I didn't see. I bet the two is like. No. Um. Trying to see if I can recognize the platforms at 59th Street. It's pretty bad. Feeling groovy. Canal Street's bad. If uh, any of our oh, New York well, that's City how I get in from Brooklyn. Please be careful. Um, let us know if anybody's in trouble. Uh, we're, we we'll, won't be able to help you by the time it's read on the podcast, but let us know. We'll send a shuttle. J.R. Ewing, spelled Y-O-U. Dash Ing. Funny. Says one Admiral's opinion. This salty dog's. This was really going to lean on the voice. <clears throat> this salty dog's never seen better seamanship than that of Matt and Andy steering the good ship TNC across the heaving waves and choppy seas of the Star Trek franchise. Steady as she goes, lads, and straight on till we reach the home port of TOS. Dude, did you see this? Williamsburg? It's pretty flooded. Oh, no. There. I love it. Like, there's just Orthodox kids riding their bikes in seven inches of water. I sent you in the chat. Oh, my goodness. It's in the chat. Dating this episode. Dating this episode. Remember those floods? Hope you're okay. Holy crap. Wow. So scary. I don't Pretty think I've wild. ever seen flooding like that in all my time well, in the city. That's probably because the earth wasn't. Oh, here um, we go. With on your one way. With your liberal, to... woke rhetoric. Hey, hey, all I'm saying 
is maybe, just maybe, the Earth is heating up and we're causing it. <laughs> when do we get to Star Trek utopia past our stupidity? But I will say this. Excuse me. Here's, I, was, I was talking about this the other day with some people I was golfing with. Uh-huh. Not me. It feels like the uh, Los Angeles weather is getting more tolerable. Yeah. Like, whatever the shift is, it feels like San Diego's weather is coming up north. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm way on board for whatever this global warming is going to do for me. Um. Yeah. I think that's fair. <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> until we fall into the ocean because of the big earthquake, let's go. Warm it up, guys. You and I just sort of feel like, eh, are we ever going to be employed again anyway? What's the difference? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> You're only worried about Henry. That's the only thing. I got nothing. Strikes over. We're um, still not employed. The, uh, my captain impression reminded me, Matt. I didn't tell you about this. Mm. Um... I go and see. This is going to be the longest uh, hail bag ever. FYI, I'm just giving you giving you a heads up. Oh, Jesus Christmas. Um, um, uh, I did go to the city, which may have been that that flight back that made me sick, and um, uh, because I didn't wear a mask for the first time, also to, to extend the. Uh, although this was not COVID, so, uh, but whatever the case, uh, uh, while I was in the city, uh, I saw the shark is broken. Um, do you know what that oh, is? Oh, you saw the play. Yeah. Nice. Which was uh which was fun. It was basically yeah. what I expected it to be, which was sort of like all right, this is your sort of a version of it. And you it was do, fun. You and, do a pretty good impression of your dad kind of a thing. Uh yes. A good yeah. impression. But the guy who did fucking Dreyfus was on point. He was fantastic. He was was he doing a Dreyfus? He was doing a full on Dreyfus. The oh, guy who was doing it. Scheider kind of I don't know if he was just sort of like, eh, Scheider wasn't like he is on screen, so I'm not gonna or what it was. That's interesting. He also has to take his shirt off at some point and, and be beautiful, so I don't know if that was like, well, they were hiring somebody, but whatever the case. Uh, he was good, he just wasn't Scheider. Um the other two were, were pretty on point. Anyway, see that and i'm in that kind of head headspace then on the flight home i'm like i just want to watch the fucking movie and watch jaws again oh, next day nice. i'm with my friend at brunch and i look over and i go i'm sorry you're gonna have to you're gonna have to look over there and tell me because i have face blindness so i can't tell to me that looks like richard dreyfus so is that richard dreyfus or am i just seeing a person and I, my brain is saying that's richard dreyfus and she, and she goes that's richard dreyfus <laughs> actually i think we were both like she was like is it richard dreyfus and then he he's walking over he's, all right well i guess we'll sit over here we're like <gasps> we both look at each other and he sits at the table right behind me uh, you can't not hear his voice then and he's there uh with his wife um um and uh and i don't know his wife his wife (laughs) i don't know how i missed that one (laughs) uh my wife (laughs) Um, i can't really i can't do it to drive this even normally and uh and another gentleman i don't know if it was his son and um uh and the whole time i'm like i feel like this is a sign that i should go up and talk to him but i don't want to bother richard dreyfus and so i went the whole meal and i was like yeah all right, mm-hmm. and then his wife at some point. His wife uh, at some point. Um, uh, we're all looking at these cute dogs that are being lined up for a photo, and we're sort of all delighted because we have an outside table. And um, 
and then she and then I don't I don't know somehow we engage each other about that and then she says we lost our dog um I think she's Ukrainian and she shows me uh, uh her ring that is a uh, like I think a little French poodle <laughs> um it's very sad um I was like oh I'm sorry and then but I don't still don't want to bother him and then at the end of the meal I just said ah, screw it and I go up and first of all I didn't know it was Richard Dreyfus because I thought he looked too young to be Richard Dreyfus at this point. Mm, mm-hmm. So I thought he looked fantastic. And I was like, well, this is a little bit ass kissy. But I meant it. This was what legitimately what I felt. And I said, I was, you know, a huge admirer and just wanted to say hello. And uh, he was very nice. And I said, I'm a TV writer. Um, I didn't say for what. I don't think it would have had any impact on him. And, right. um, and, uh, and he uh, and I said, uh, you know, I was saying to my friend, I didn't know if it was you. I didn't go into that face blindness, but I said, I didn't know if it was you because, uh, you know, you, it was like, that looks too fantastic to be Richard Dreyfus, which could be an insult. But he was del- he was, you know, he was he thought it was nice. And then I told him I saw the shark is broken. And I was like, I was curious if you'd seen it. And then I realized as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, this could be yeah, a sticky could go area. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And uh, he he uh, said, "Oh yeah, I, I have been meaning to maybe you know see it at some point." Um, and um, uh, uh, and so, but then I said, uh, uh, "I said I don't know if you have a sense of you know what was." Oh, actually, I don't even think that I prompted him. I think he he wanted to jump in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This and so like I've had an encounter with him before, but this sounds like him. Yeah, go ahead. And go so ahead. he was go. So maybe, maybe you've already heard all these stories then. But the basically, he was saying the 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 uh, the one thing that I they had they had reached out to me about that, and um and the one thing that bothered me about it is that the feud is imagined because in the play they sort of have there's a huge amount of conflict between Dreyfus and Shaw. And uh, even to the point in the play where, you know, Shaw is like strangling uh, uh, Dreyfus, Dreyfus at some point. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, and he's like, the thing that bothered me is like there there was no feud. This man was like, you know, he was he was a legend to me. He was he was such a, a, a you know, a, a big person of, of, you know, I had such respect for him. And the only thing that happened was one day. And this isn't even in the show. Um, he sprayed me in the face with a hose and I lost my sense of humor that day. Um, but outside of that, it was, uh, so he was saying that that was sort of untrue. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and then he was saying basically that he doesn't really do any, any, uh, you know, paneling or talking about Jaws. Mm-hmm. And then he told the story of basically, you know, that, like he asked they when they finally asked him well do you want to be on the i don't know if it was the dvd or the the later you know uh, yeah. behind the scenes he said well what about i don't remember what the examples were bangladesh what about whatever and they're like what are you talking about and it was uh he said it was that uh that that they never paid him for any of the extended success of jaws mm. and when he tried to ask if they would make it right they uh they refused and he was like well then i'm never gonna push this movie right. again huh. um and uh, that was generally speaking it's, i mean that's a great that's a great dreyfus story um i i i exited then 
<clears throat> Excuse me. I exited then. Stage I felt left, like stage right even. Uh, stage right. <laughs> uh, and uh, he was also. We talked about the strike a little bit, and uh, mm-hmm. he's apparently writing a book on civics. I think. Sure. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think that's how it tied into the thing. And I said, "Well, I'll have to get that." And I said, uh, "Thank you very much." And um, we had just had a really delightful conversation. And I walked yeah. away beaming. He was so nice. And sounds could, like he gave you like, like there's like there's like a a C a C. A B and an A, and he brought the A out for you. He brought, he brought the, the A, a out. A Dreyfus out for you. Yes, He's like you're gonna have an A Dreyfus encounter right now. You're saying historically, there's no. I'm just saying in general, like okay. I'm sure in him, you yeah. know, for sometimes sure. Sometimes he's up for it. Sometimes he's not. And he was he was at uh, breakfast with his wife, yeah. and like that could have easily been an intrusion. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but he was like happy to chat for a little bit and be a delight, and then that was it. That sounds um, great. I certainly would have. Uh, I would have delved into a lot of Spielberg stories, but uh, mm. but I didn't want to push the, push my luck. Anyway, I loved it. Great story. So, had you interviewed him? I met him. I fixed his computer. Oh, perfect! <coughs> I met him at the Apple Store. Um, <clears throat> so it must have been two thousand and. Eight or nine, yeah, something like that. Um, what did I talk? To? I talked to him about Poseidon Adventure, the Poseidon Adventure <laughs> remake. He was in. I didn't know he was in the remake. Oh, it's a remake. Yeah, he's in the remake. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, he. I had a, I had a, I had a good, I had a good Dreyfus. I had a, probably a B plus Dreyfus. You got an A Dreyfus. Yeah. I also I th- was busy trying to fix his computer. So. I think sometimes it's it's an unfair advantage if you tell them and you're in, you're in the business. Although he, I could have been lying. Yeah. I didn't give him a credit. You're con- I mean, you constantly are lying to everyone about your. You're like, hey, I'm in showbiz. I told him I directed Jaws, and then he's like, oh, oh. well. Then you remember this story. Hey, friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on with this <laughs> ridiculousness. Uh, we can open up the. Well, we're gonna go to the president, president circle. circle. Yeah. yeah, here we go. The United Federation of Planets President Circle. everybody it's the president circle go to patreon.com forward slash star trek tnc to support this podcast get yourself some extra podcasts every month and overall just become a great citizen of the federation we appreciate every single person in here uh not only do you get priority one access to the hail bag meaning we go through yours first uh but you also get oh pods upon pods upon pods voyager enterprise what else uh well right currently just DS9 when it'll be all new track when new tracks out currently there we're you doing go new track when new tracks out two guaranteed episodes of DS9 every month for for public consumption and then two uh, Enterprise inside the lieutenant's level and then two additional Voyagers 
in the president's circle. Bingo, bango, bongo. Do you need uh, eight to 12 extra hours of us? That's where you get it from. Anyway, who's got the uh, best comment of the week and thusly the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor? Uh, I'm going to give it to three different people. Uh, Whoa! I okay, know. Okay, you're all sharing one medal. Oh, Just is that the you know. way? I didn't realize that. There's I'm a shortage sorry. now. All right, it's because we don't, we can't replicate enough. That's what's happening on Bajor. That's why, for some reason, none of their food problems are solved. Uh, first of all, uh, Lieutenant John E. L. Tenney uh, gave us on a on a casual mention, I guess. Uh, we were—I don't know if you were saying. Wonder what, how long a, uh, an episode would be if all of the bullshit was cut out. Um, so he did one. So that re-edit is available uh, on on Captain Myra's say so. Uh, it's on the Patreon, yeah. and I just made it public. It, so I just want to warn everybody: it's a lot better than the show is. Well. That doesn't seem to be the general take on all the comments. I can send you the the thing. To me, it seems like a fast-paced, action-packed adventure of fun. <laughs> almost. I'm not even going to say almost. There's, I don't know, there's like 30 comments here. And virtually uh-huh. every one of them is like, good job, Lieutenant Tenney. That's a really interesting thought experiment. I don't like this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just That's all versions of great, great job with the edit, but I hate this. I refuse to listen out of principle. I pay really? for the digressions. Oh my God. Andy with no pauses feels like he's going to pass out. That was the part that was the funniest to me because I was just like, it really does sound like that. Why is Andy not taking a breath? Um, and, uh, and then the funniest one to me was, uh, from Chris G who says, can we get the other 53 minutes as a saucer separation of pure chaos and pauses? Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> uh, Robble says, appreciate the experiment, but more happy with the loose version. So um, I think there's probably there's probably a version where it's, you know, just this this is really everything collapsed. And so it really does sound like we're we're racing. Um, there's probably a version in, in between that's a healthy version that's not. I think our honestly, usual like, but if I if I had my druthers, yeah, uh, I would have someone do that to the podcast every week. I don't know, man. I think if you sat down and listened to this version, you would be like, "That's too too fast." There's no, there's no breath at all. There's no like kind of organic interaction. He's shrugging. He didn't. He not his thing. Anyway, it's there for your they perusal. Even, they if you wouldn't want to even check know it out. I was shrugging in the new version. Uh, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. Uh, so that's our first Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Just for but the, it's an uh, episode. The it went from two hours and twenty minutes. The episode yes. to ninety minutes. Right. So and uh, what was taken out, as far as I'm aware, it was all the meandering silences and everything we talked about that was not Star Trek related. Correct. I assume so. Yeah. Okay. The ums, the uh the ahs, the ahs. <laughs> the oohs. Um yeah, so in, if you were doing it here, it would be there would be no there would be no Dunkin Donuts story. There would be uh, uh no meeting Richard Dreyfus story. Wow. Um So some of the humanity would be gone, but a lot of your time would be back in your hands. So 
He says, Andy, Don Tony says, I did indeed finish the episode. Your original version clocks in two hours 23. My, my version's one hour 30. Your discussion begins at one hour, one minute. Our discussion um, of the episode is at one hour and one minute. Yeah. So we only talk about the episode for 29 minutes? That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's interesting. Huh. I wonder if that's accurate. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd believe him. Anyway, uh, our next Christopher Pike Middle Valor goes to Eric Peebles, who says, You would think the Bajorans, who take their marching orders from glowing orbs, would be a bit more accepting of aliens who show up saying your planet is some sort of holy land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Agree. Um, I agree also. Um, and then finally, uh, Lieutenant Tess says uh wtf after all these years the closest i've ever been to the medal of valor is a loophole i'll take it i guess though i don't feel good about it because i know it was actually for nathan or for no one unhappy face emoji medal emoji well you know what tess you won one proper this week wow he did it everybody (laughs) Uh, all right priority one messages let's get in there let me reach my arm into the priority one messages bag. Hail bag. Uh, sorry, I just got a my 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 watch was like, hey. What did your watch like, say? Kapler released by the Dodgers, and I was like, they fired the manager. I mean, of the by the Giants. I'm like, they fired the Giants manager with two games left to play in the season. <laughs> that seems very strange. Just play out the season. Um. All right. Now, that being said, <laughs> sorry. This Hales. is a perfect episode to cite the super short uh, pauses and digressions removed episode yeah, because we're going to be even more off track because we're both sick. This is uh, this is un un what's unprecedented? the word? Unprecedented, right? Yeah. Usually, it's only one of us is sick. Uh, Almost every episode, but this is the first time we've both been sick. Yes. <laughs> We're not healthy people because Matt no. didn't listen to his nutritionist when he was a kid or dietitian. Yes. Again, he's too deep and I don't like it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Get out of here. A lot of working out, okay? I am on your side, Matt. <sighs> There's no side, Andy. Stop it. God. What are we you doing? Don't, you, don't want me on, you don't want me on your side. Captain, we are being hailed. My support makes you uncomfortable. Are you sweating? I am sweating. I'm not sweating. I have the air conditioner on, which I shouldn't because it's not hot enough to, but I needed it on. So. Yeah. E. Oliver Bundy says, this is completely unrelated to the episode, so feel free to ignore. I don't know why I would do that, Oliver. Oh, excuse me. Phone call. Did they hear that? Yes, they can. That's hilarious. This is completely unrelated to the episode, so feel free to ignore. I just returned from a... Is that an important call, Matt? No. It was spam. Okay. I just returned from a trip to Disneyland and was thinking no one has attempted a Star Trek-themed ride since the closure of the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas. If you were designing a Trek-themed park ride, what era would you choose and what style ride would you want it to be? Eric Peoples offers. That's an easy one. The Picard season two House of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Who said that? You? That was Eric Peoples. Eric Peoples. That's hilarious. Eric Peoples frequently has very funny comments. Um, Almost 100% of the time. I don't even know why I qualified it. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> oh, Honestly, God, I just bring back, just bring back the fucking Star Trek experience. Klingon encounter. Yeah. Be, you have to be on the bridge of the Enterprise D. Nothing better. I mean, I still have a there's a there's a video game where you're on Voyager, you know, fighting uh, fighting Borg that I still haven't played. Did you did you ever buy the thing? I know you were going to buy no, a it's, thing. It's literally right next. To me. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> it just shows you how often I see you. Tristan Luth Robbins says, <coughs> "I'm so sorry." Regarding Matt's request for a consistent run of seven Trek episodes, based on my data set and your own ratings, mm-hmm. I found this solid seven episode run. Oh, so this was you asking? Yeah, wanting episodes to sleep to. Yeah, and there's a lot of suggestions on the on the uh, the comments. I didn't put them all, but if you seven want to peruse, uh, so the seven episode run starting end of season four and season five. In theory. 7.75 Redemption, mm-hmm. 8.25 Redemption Part 2, 7.75 Darmok, Ensign Rowe, Silicon Avatar, Disaster. Notably, this is the only instance in your coverage of TNG where your joint TNC score was above 6.5 for seven episodes in a row. In this case, the seven episode run was broken by the game, which also scored a lowly 3.0. Redemption. Although I feel like you got to take Redemption me out of that. Two, I already, I already asked for no Klingon episodes, and you put two of Klingon episodes in there. Well, that was the thing that other people were like, like I was going to do this run, but then there's a Klingon episode in there. Pass. Uh, also, I feel like I really appreciate your including me in that, Tristan. But I feel like you just got to take me out of the out of the out of the stats because this is just for Matt's sleeping purposes. Um, Neil Studd, aka Narice, we can sleep pieces. together. But that's true. We do have Bert and Ernie uh, beds with our with A and M over there. Big A, big B, no, big A and a big M. Yeah. Uh, Neil Studd, A.K. Norris Pisa, says, "Interesting that your choice, which is backed up by statistics, has an overlap with the list that I just independently created." Darmok, Ensign Rowe, Silicon Avatar, too scary, uh, disaster, the game, Unification Part One, Unification Part Two. Disaster in the game. I'm sorry, disaster. And then he says, I discounted redemption after Matt said no Klingon stuff. Disaster in the game. The game is an okay one. Disaster is pretty good. Darmok, I don't know if I want a Darmok in there. Yeah. Because it's too much time off the ship. Oh. Because it's comforting getting, you I'm to getting, be on I'm the ship. I'm getting too specific now. Yeah. No, it's your, it's your thing. Uh, Voyager says, this is Lieutenant Voyager says, best of both worlds to legacy is pretty solid seven episode run of highly watchable TNG episodes. No Klingon yeah, or but creepy family, family is such a downer in the middle. Oh, there you go. It's good. Dramatically, it's great. And when I'm awake, it's a great run of seven to watch. And then DS9 has things passed to in purgatory shadow is the suggestion. Um, and then also conundrum to cost of living is another banger seven run of seven eps. Conundrum to yeah, but cost of living is terrible. Oh, see, I don't, I don't at this point I don't even remember which 
Which, which one is cost of living? Isn't that a Troy episode? That's um, Jeff Edders says, oh, so this is where you get into solutions, and I probably should keep this brief. But I like to crowd... It's something, so, so Jeff Edders says two things. Matt, what, what you... This is why you need a Plex server so that you can make custom sleeping playlist of Trek episodes. I think I've heard of a Plex server. Do you know what he's talking about? Uh, oh, that's the higher the fewer. Cost of living is the higher the fewer episode. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, it's certainly memorable. I don't know if it's good. Ha! Ha! I'm not going to do that to ha! my voice. Uh, Constable Cactus. Uh, I don't know what a Plex server is. Possible solution for Matt. I am too amusing Amazon Prime to watch because you wanted to make your own playlist while listening to certain episodes fall asleep. My solution, I played off my phone, iPhone running iOS 17, start the episode, wait through annoying non-ad from Paramount Plus, then lock the phone and play from the lock screen. This will allow you to play the episode without it auto-playing. Right. It does seem yeah. like iTunes. Here's Dave, David Oni Rall. Um, uh, I do have some workarounds that work for me with the caveat being that we all get these things on different devices first I have Paramount Plus um, yep. I'm guessing Matt does too if he can stream TNG on Prime uh, if you don't etc uh, etc et assuming this is the case there are two different ways to curate a sleep list one Paramount Plus was purchased my Paramount Plus was purchased via Apple so that enables me to download those episodes to my phone that's what the other guy was doing. If then I play them from downloaded list, it plays them in order. It only works if you Paramount Plus via oh, the Oh, that's Apple. interesting. Okay. If you okay. bought Paramount Plus via Amazon or other means in the Paramount Plus mobile app itself, you can also cherry pick and download episodes and play them from that list. But when you're online, it will doggedly follow series order and ignore your downloaded list. To get around this, disable cellular data, data from the app turn off Wi-Fi and settings, my Wi-Fi, um, <laughs> and then play your downloaded list. Having no ready access to content, online content, the app will automatically switch to playing your downloaded content in order. Just set a phone alarm for morning for the morning to turn on Wi-Fi again, and maybe a recurring one if you do this a lot. You could also go to airplane mode, but that's putting you out of touch entirely overnight, which you may not want. In writing, it may seem like it's a lot, but it's actually pretty quick once you get the hang of it. It's way easier than finding a clean run of non-problematic episodes. No one should uh, be captive to series order. Good luck and sweet dreams. Thank you. Um, and then I think s- someone else, and I just stopped putting them in because I didn't want to go right. too long. But there is another yeah. one that's sort of just basically I think that you have op- the option, obviously, of buying them on the iTunes store and then just playing them or whatever order you want whatever order i want um and eric peoples also said i don't know if you're interested in this this is this is just like the download solution the most of all these does that sound feasible for you very doable yeah i just sent you a link that i don't understand why they would make this eric Peebles says duke university of all places has great random star trek episode selector i use often i guess it's just if you want a random episode and you're not in tv land anymore where they're watching it on tv and there's a link there in the patreon uh, or i'm sure you can just look it up that you can just go to your series and select a random episode the drumhead 
That's what came up. It's a good episode. Let this be your last battlefield on the original series. Nicely done. One funny thing was when I went to the movies and I clicked it, uh, one of them came up was uh, was whatever, a good a good one, Star Trek 3 or something. And then Star Trek 5 came up and then it had parentheses, though you may want to skip this. <laughs> so they editorialized. The ultimate trekker, his eyes open, says, Alien hair provided by There's Something About Mary collection. We're talking about the previous episode again now of start of DS9 that we are supposed to be talking about the whole time. New Nurse Chapel Hate Club Party of One says, I think the Bajorans were right not to let them settle. They almost had a civil war at the end of season one, and they have strong religious beliefs that will not be shared by the Screen. So no more trouble on the horizon there. Within three months, there would be bloodshed and open war in four. Joseph Parker agrees the Bajoran leaders talked about the ramifications of their attempt at taming the land and being unsuccessful, but they didn't talk about if they succeeded too well. They already think Bajor is their promised land. What happens when their religious ideologies are strong enough to compete with Bajor's prophets? Based on how the Screens on the station acted, I don't think they would have meshed well with the Bajorans. Also for me, the Bajoran leader's decision being right stems from the fact that a good alternative was found. If that wasn't the case, I may have a different opinion. Hmm. Um, so it's an interesting counterpoint. Uh, I don't think we're supposed to read it that way. I think it's supposed to be purely a turning your back on the refugee story. But I could be wrong. Maybe th- maybe they were trying to have it be an ambivalent take. And you are supposed to be like, well, maybe it wouldn't have been the best thing. It's an interesting question. Because, well, I'll ask you, over the bulk of the series, I feel like they've already illustrated in DS9 that they're willing to land on sort of politically ambivalent conclusions or non-conclusions. Yeah. Do you feel like that's more of the standard fare for DS9? They address yes. the issues? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, then there you go. Um, Luke Morgan Rowe says, uh, LOL, I did the classic thing of pausing rant. He had, so he had written a long thing, and so I was sort of leaving that out because he said, I did the classic right. thing of pausing ranting and restarting, realizing some of my issues were addressed. Um, what still bumps me a bit is the weight that Andy gives the idea that tit for tat ideology is progressive because men subjugated women it's okay for women to subjugate men or at least it's a quote progressive story to tell i don't like that learn from the past but don't repeat it andy i'm sorry if i've misinterpreted your ideology Uh, that's andy's ideology you pretty much nailed it it's just how (laughs) it's just how it has come across huge fan otherwise (laughs) first of all i have no problem with the ideology that I publicized as being uh, that I that I believe a patriarchy would be less damaging than a, a, a matriarchy would be less damaging than a patriarchy, but I don't think that that was what I was. Uh, uh, I don't think that that was subconsciously my my thing. I think I was just reacting to what we were saying. Bashir's take was, which is, I don't believe I've seen enough evidence that he is not going women in control. Um, but I do accept the possibility that I'm wrong that, that he's being written at that moment even even considering his his weird behavior before this as like he's still acting like a proper federation officer in which case i would completely agree that it you know you heard it here first all people equal is what i'm looking for 
Uh, with Secunda in control of everything. Uh, I'm looking for Secunda Arky. Uh, Andy the astrophysicist has a, a, a literate take or well thought out take of, of course, it's not a progressive goal in the real world to permanently exclude men from reader- leadership in retribution for the past. But as Ruth G- Bader Ginsburg said, I'm paraphrasing, there will be enough women on the Supreme Court when there are nine. There was never a question when it was nine men. The goal isn't a ceiling of 50% for women. It's to get the right people for the job. But the question was about whether a story about a matriarchal society is on the, quote, right side of the issue. And I think it can be. Not because we think that's where our real-world culture should go from where it is today, but if we believe that women and men are equals, then it's a worthy progressive idea to imagine a culture that developed with women exclusively in charge. Not because it's right, but because it's possible. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that was fair and reasonable. reasonable. Nathan Sweat says the only edits that would work for this podcast is cutting out the sometimes 15 seconds of silence that makes you think the podcast paused. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm surprised I don't, I don't that there's that, that much. There, there often is. I feel like you and I are just fucking jabberheads that can't even stop talking when the other person's talking. Yeah, but like if one of us like kind of look up something or fix something, and the other one is like just staring off into the world, it happens. <laughs> just it like happens. moments where you neither know, of yeah. us is neither of us yeah. is at the wheel. <laughs> right. Um, Polite Elliot says would listen to Andy's Wire podcast called Andy Secunda the Wire. He's spelling it W H Y hyphen E R. Why did this happen? Why didn't he just use a super speed? Why does everyone? Rem- why does anyone remember that uh, this if it was erased from time? Um, yeah, happy to do a wire podcast like that. Would you do your wired podcast like? Why did the cop just shoot him? He's got a gun. <laughs> I think I think I'd probably have less questions with the wire because I I know for a fact that it's all more authentic than any any understanding I have of that world. So yeah, I guess this makes sure. sense, and I just don't understand. Well, uh, I admit, I appreciate that. Uh, New Nurse Chapel Hate Club Party of One says uh, there's so much discussion about Seven of Nine's outfit outfits but major kira always looks like there's a rigid rod up her back and it always makes me feel sorry for her it's like she's holding in her stomach constantly but that can't be true not with hours and hours of filming surely not and then lieutenant voyager says nana visitor has extensive dance training so her posture is always perfectly straight and i do have to say that would that's my take on the yeah it does look to me it looks like someone's standing at full attention like she's she's just right and she can just she's, she's, she's just got it she's got the muscles to hold that yeah. yeah. Uh, I can hear you, Clem Fandango, a.k.a. Luke <laughs> P, says, uh, hi, at Andy. Uh, can you ask Matt what he thinks of the Frasier reboot trailer? Just to make this the longest else in history, I didn't know if you were interested <laughs> in watching that or if you had watched it. I did. I watched it, and I... It, it's interesting, like... It's sort of exactly what you thought it would be or assumed it would be, which is I'm going to let you you do this review. I'm going to step away from the mic for a second because we're Why? so far in and I've drink and drank so many liquids. Today. Oh, go yeah, 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 go ahead. <laughs> um so the trailer for it I mean, I love that it's multi-camera. I love that it seems like it's a live studio audience and I love that uh 
you know, it, lo- it aesthetically looks like Frasier. It's a uh, cute that it's back in Boston. I think it is. I didn't really see Freddy, the character of Freddy Frederick uh, Crane, uh, going the way of becoming a civil servant like his grandfather. Because uh, in the in the trailer, it seems like he's a firefighter and not, you know, a stuffy shirt psychiatrist. So you're doing the whole blue collar, white collar thing again. You flipped it. You've made it. Frazier is the. Well, I guess he's always he was always the white collar, but like the ideologies are clashing again. Frazier now is the dad who is butting in on his young uh, son's life. Uh, so yeah, turnabout, fair play. I think of all the places you could have gone with that, with the Frazier reboot. I think it's probably the safest way. Um, and all that said, I, I I thought the trailer was pretty pretty good, like for what it was. I thought I was like, no one seemed. I mean, it's only Frasier. Part of the charm of Frasier, the show, is that cast. Not even part of it. A lot of it. Um, you've got. You know, David Hyde Pierce and John Mahoney and Perry Gilpin, um, Jane Leaves, they were each at the top of their game. And as characters, they they were, like, so well drawn. I think that if you're going to, I mean, it's a tall, it's a tall order. To replace those characters, but as far as a trailer goes for for a new Frasier, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. I decided some some cough medicine too while I was at it. Good. I just tried to wrap up in a succinct way when I saw you come back. I appreciated that. So there you go. I disagree. I thought it was fantastic. I think this this is going to be the best Frasier ever. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it. If that's you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I should. No, you know I what? I should have assumed that it was like because you would go in an, an unexpected direction in all situations. Um, do you mean with the reboot or like <laughs> in general? In general. <laughs> yeah. Um, David asked the homework stealing Vulcan. Uh, my apologies for being crass and 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 stating that that's happening on air. By the way, it's very atypical of me. Um, but I didn't want to make more edits hey, for Matt. Everybody's human. We all go to the bathroom and I don't take like cough medicine. I don't like to admit it. I don't like you to see my weakness. <laughs> His weakness is a bladder that functions. Yes, that's right. Um, What's Dave- strength? <laughs> uh, my powerful brain. David S., the homework stealing Vulcan, or something like that. Go, lizard, go. Uh, hails us. I think it was Jake or Nog who are like, don't they know how to use a replicator? But he should tell that to the Bajorans and Starfleet who are in charge of relocating the farmers. One of them says something like, what will you do if the crops fail? You'll use the freaking replicators that could be powered by freaking warp cores. 
The Federation solved poverty by getting rid of capitalism and running this uh, with socialism and and a society where there's no scarcity because of the replicators. Also, Nog touching his ear in public is like women touching their boobs or men adjusting their junk, Hmm. which was a question that I had. Chris Klochner says, the availability of replicators is a good point, but you have to remember the point of the show is that Bajor isn't in the Federation yet, and one can assume... Therefore, uh, don't get full and free access to its resources. Um, there are probably right. some some made available out of generosity by the Federation, but, but the Bajoran government probably also has to purchase more through neutral parties such as the Ferengi Ergo. Providing. And I bet replicators are programmed like magical genies where you can't replicate more replicators. Yeah, you can't wish for more wishes, right? Kind of thing, right, you know. Right. <laughs> this one won't work. <laughs> now that we've replicated the replicator, the food is even further from tasting good. Um. Uh, even providing replicators in case a crop failure would, just, in fact, be a burden on Bajorans. This is, of course, supposition on my part, since the writers only get into the economics enough to make it confusing. Matthew Koch says, how could the Bajorans have enough information to run a proper simulation on screen survival when about a day ago the Universal Translator couldn't even process their language? Sounds like a BS excuse to me. They need more data and not the Brent Spiner kind, though he would probably help too. He would help. He'd be a great help. John more data in Starfleet, period. I'm on Bruce Maddox's side of things. (coughs) I mean, it seems like it's going to go wrong if you do that, Matt. Yeah, it's fine. fine. (laughs) John Zhu, I'm rewatching. I'm not rewatching. I'm watching for the first time the Clone Wars animated series. Speaking of replicating a a workforce, what brought you there? I watched Ahsoka. Mm Hmm. So you're like, oh, this character is a lot of fun. Let me go back. I think I thought, well, I'll just watch this, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of deep cuts, but whatever. And then, uh, and then it was like, I'm curious how they got here. So with mm, this character, um, and I must say, so far, even though I'm really enjoying it, I only watching the movie, which I I think nobody has a good opinion about that, or possibly the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. My friend uh, uh, Scooby Doom uh, is been guiding me. Um, from his, his his own podcast where I think he's covered it at length. Uh, I don't see the the connection between Ahsoka's. Well, I guess I can. I can see it. You know what? Never mind. I'm gonna fucking detach from this conversation. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Where this was going and where you've decided not to take it. Do you want me to finish my point? I was basically. It's like it's not. It's not the. I think it makes sense. This is where she started. This is where she's ended up. That makes sense. They're what Rosario Dawson. I think Rosario Dawson is a great choice. Rosario Dawson, her performance is is a choice in the direction, which I'm sure it's Dave Filoni's choice of um, more somber Jedi Master ish mm-hmm. kind of in my opinion a personality kind of you know slightly bemused yeah. at best but 
sort of just like the main thing they got going on is that's a a really powerful good person and i guess i kind of want a little bit more spice because the spice the character has more spice as a child and obviously that's because she's you know inexperienced and and less mature right um, but it doesn't it's not gripping even though i'm really enjoying the ahsoka generally speaking Okay, so we're at the two-hour mark. thought I would just start this <laughs> exhale. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew it would be bad, but I didn't know it was going to be this bad. John Zhu says, Regarding the discussion about why the Federation would deal with the Ferengis despite their objectionable cultural norms, I think this excerpt from a priest piece <laughs> at uh, themovieblog.com is pretty spot on. Deep Space Nine argues that open borders and open opportunities encourage the spread of liberal ideals that characters like Quark and Rom and Nog cannot help but be influenced by the pervasive optimism and idealism around them. On Star Trek and the Next Generation, it was frequently suggested that the only way for a society to achieve utopia was to join the Federation. In contrast, Deep Space Nine suggests that uh, such changes need to come from within these societies themselves. Deep Space Nine seems to understand that it was important for other cultures to retain their identities and values while also acknowledging the core Star Trek belief that cooperation and interaction has the effect of spreading liberalism and progressivism. Deep Space Nine did not reject utopian beliefs at the heart of Star Trek, instead insisting that utopia is something that must be found through exploration and discussion rather than imposed through dogma. Um, and then he has the link. Do you agree with that? That that's. I mean, that's that's a pretty fair assessment of the show thus far. I mean, if that's the case, then one could argue that it's almost one step ahead of where our culture currently is, where everybody yeah, I is. I think it is. Yeah. At opposite ends, um, and not listening to anybody. Um, so in that case, it's somehow even more positive. I'm sorry, and utopian. I, wasn't, I wasn't listening to you. What'd you say? I'm kidding. It was classic. a joke because this you said so that people classic. aren't listening to each other. <laughs> Brovid. Madoween says, uh, how about Morgan getting a little love at the bar during that solo at Quark's? Uh, we didn't comment on it. There is a, in that episode, they're doing this slow pan and Morn is fucking dead center um, in the shot. Um, Morn's Morn Morn is a just a great staple of of quarks. I will also say this uh, raises the thing of that the uh, the singer. I don't remember who he's trying to woo. Is it the lady from? It's not the matriarch. Is it somebody else? He he has a meal, and he gives them basically. <laughs> it gives her their CD. He gives he gives like this is yeah. this is it. A recording of me. <laughs> I thought it was really annoying. It's weird that they spent so much time on that guy. It is weird because you think he'd be like a recurring character. If you're going to do that with him, you might you might as well bring him back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Robert McFadden says first, Andy's wire podcast should be called Under the Wire with Andy. Second, I don't understand why Bejor should be open to settling 
these refugees. They had many of their own resources stolen by the Cardassians. They had millions of their people traumatized by decades-long war. Many of those people were also used as slave labor and tortured to death. They slid into a civil war a year ago where they could have been brought back under the thumb of the Cardassians. With all of that, how could the Federation, based from their ivory towers on Earth and Vulcan and Andoria, expect Bajor to take them on? If Cisco had promised more help from the Federation to make this happen or had offered space on Earth, the Federation would have a leg to stand on. This would be like the U.S. not accepting refugees from places like Syria or Sub-Sahara Africa and instead insisting they go to Afghanistan because uh, that's where they want to go and offering no help to them. And why go against that? Because it saves us from having to deal with them. The Federation is like Federation, like the U.S., could easily give them help that isn't Swampland on Draylon Two. Hmm. And then David Sidhu adds, ignoring the whole second half of the uh, hail, could be called "Don't Skip the Secunda Season," <laughs> which is a reference to the Wire's second season. Uh, being one that people often say that you can skip which I don't agree with because it's got fantastic Omar Little stuff but I don't care about the boat stuff either Mm. I know a lot of people love it Uh, Alfredo says no running boat stuff Alfredo says no running on the promenade Uh, Odo has the authority to control the pace at which people move and he's hauling kids into jail for a prank I like Odo, but I'm not really a fan of when he's an overbearing cop. John Eltenny. It's a reasonable opinion to have on Odo. This. I don't need to on read this. On Odo. And Morn. Dax is super old. Oh, wait. Am I in the hills? Uh, I think this is a hail. I'm going to save it well, for later. Uh, Get out of here, hail. Captain Andy Adams says, uh, I'm giving it a seven. It's a touching story with real people. It isn't focused on leaders of the group, but the regular Joe or Jolene, since they're in a matriarchal society, and the effect their decisions are having on the common people of that species. Also, it might be the first time I've seen the Universal Translator fail utterly and have to learn the language before it can begin to translate it. Before you bring up the Tamarians, it translated their words into perfect Federation standard. We just didn't know what their metaphors meant. Hmm. <laughs> then he wiped her. True. That is true. Um, have I miscalculated and your brain is shut down because I've made this all go so long? Oh, wait, we're almost done. Anthony Wiper says, regarding the concerns about misogyny, racism, sexism, etc., in some of the portrayals of characters and races on DS9, is there room for character and story progression and development here? Got to be careful about spoilers, so I'll give a broad comment. While I 100% agree that Bashir right now is a child and is definitely not okay in how he sometimes behaves... This is not representative of the man he will become. Ferengi society will also see huge changes before the end. I'm happy to wait and discuss the further this further after the end of season seven. I uh, you have something to say first? No, I mean that's all. That's fair. I really yeah, I, I think that's fair, and I and I uh, concur with the perspective. And yeah, I can't. You can't. You can't. It's it's purposeless to look at a character that's behaving poorly and be like. 
I don't like how this character's acting, if that's the intent dramatically of the show. I think some of the problems with Bashir is I don't know if it's always the intent based on some of the people that were running it at the time. I think they think some of his behavior is fine, and that's more the issue. Um, But I also think um, it's totally, yeah, it's totally fine to set up uh, the characters. And even in the sort of previous hail of like, that it's like they're, they're going to get these other uh, different perspectives to a point where it's like there's a discussion or, or growth, then that's totally fine. Um, I think it, you get in a weird area when you present, quote, our characters, whether it's Dax or Bashir, reacting to stuff. And then that's when you have to, or I feel like there's more of an impetus to judge what the take of the show is. But um, I accept that all this will change in time, and I'm happy to see it. That's it for the... Yeah, there's, a, there's some Brashear growth ahead of us. Um, that's it for the Priority One messages. Okie dokie. Whoa. Hmm. Captain, incoming message. It's reverse. There's the hail bag, everybody. This is from Philippe Stephen Castonguay. Mm-hmm. Says, hi, Matt and Andy. Dax's dismissal of things like Ferengi culture just reminds me of grandparents. Uh, they were born in 2018, meaning Earth was still dealing with these issues during their lifetime and have seen them change, as well as likely similar situations with other race, races. With a longer lifespan than most species, they have a unique perspective. At uh, the age of 350 plus, I'm not surprised they are hand-waving some inequality issues and just enjoying a game of cards. <laughs> P.S. I'm just pointing this out for fun. Old racist people aren't quirky. They're still racist. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Um, that's a, I mean, that's a good. That's a that's a funny take. Uh, and then uh, we have one voice hail that should be in there. We do. And I got so distracted by the one and a half hour cut of our show that I forgot about it. But it's right here. Forget about oh, voice of hell. Oh, thank goodness! Finally, this is Paul from Everett, Washington, and somebody asked a question about Ferengi masturbation. I've been wondering this for decades. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was a genuine like. That's how the cough. That's how my laugh came out. Like a really high pitched weird thing because my throat's a mess. <laughs> Was that a cough or was that a laugh? That was a laugh and then it turned it a cough. Paul from Washington. We asked the important it's, question. It's very funny show. that like Andy asked that question. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And then I love that Paul from Washington is like, yes, finally. <laughs> Andy's <laughs> saying what everyone else has been afraid to ask. <laughs> it's the hard hitting questions. Um, and then we have uh, a prime corrective. Oh. Silence, silence, silence. Time for retrospective. Cause truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Cause Matt and he got it wrong. 
Ding. What did we get wrong, Andy? It was me. I was reading a, a hail, and I don't know what I thought the asterisks were, if I thought it was a curse or something, but Tony King says, oh, Andy, the five asterisks in that review are five stars. Laughing, laughing, closed eyes face. Uh, the Neil Stud adds, uh, Andy funny. has... Andy has asterisk substitution blindness. And then Lieutenant Commander Molay, Historical Archives Division, says, there are four stars. So, that's it. Thank you. If you'd like to send a hail, you can send it to sdtncpod at gmail.com. Please put the title of the episode in the subject heading somewhere. You can uh, tweet or Instagram my co-host at Matt Myra. You can Instagram me at Andrew Secunda, or you can tweet or X me, whatever the crap it is, at Secunda. Um, all of our platforms, I think at this point, we've we've uh, grabbed uh, at Star Trek TNC. Uh, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, and we have a new TikTok that uh, is, uh, is being rolled out. And I'm sure many of you have checked in. If you haven't, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins has been uh, putting content up uh, slowly catching us up to a date from the TNG era every day. There's uh, there's something new on on our Instagram, so uh, please uh, please check that out. Um, and if you would like to, uh, if you have anything to send into him for updated things, that's sttncart at gmail dot com. And to send in a voicemail, it's eight one six Trek TNC. The end. And I actually thought it was going to be much longer than even this. We crossed many doors to many places. Your hands made us think of all your faces. So plug TNC in your little board node. Let's talk about this week's episode. This week's episode of uh, the show is called Rivals. It's from the D Space Nine second season, 11th episode. It's aired the 2nd of January, 1994. Andy, what was going on? Well, the number one song in the U.S. was Hero by Mariah Carey. And the number one song in the UK was Mr. Blobby by Mr. Blobby. <laughs> was curious. it really? Yeah, it was. I watched a long YouTube video about Mr. Blobby a week and a half ago. I don't even know that I have Mr. Blobby in my head. Um. Oh, yes, Mr. Blobby. Yes, okay, this would have been. Like, still, this is like the thing where I'm like, oh, the UK is fucking with everyone when they're shopping for records. Can I see it? This is fucking nightmarish. Yes, it is. Like, this isn't even...
This isn't. Wait. Do you want to keep playing it? No. Was no. this th- this was legitimately a kid show? It was. Uh, it was a segment on a Saturday night late night show. Oh, not late night show, but like primetime show. Yeah. That featured the character Mr. Blobby. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Mr. Blobby was used in like some prank sketches and stuff like that, and slowly became very popular. Uh huh. And then got to the point where, um, Mr. Blobby became like his own thing. And there was even a couple of Mr. Blobby theme parks in the UK. It was legitimately slanted toward kids, though. Yes. That's crazy. I've never seen anything more terrifying. It wasn't legitimately slated toward kids when it was conceived. Uh huh. The prank was you were pranking people, telling them they were appearing on a kid show. Oh, okay. Okay, so it had a certain level of irony. Yes, was Mister Blobby. Okay. And then the prank would happen, but then as the character became popular, they couldn't use them for pranks anymore. Right. And uh, Mister Blobby became a fixture, a UK national fixture. And then this song came out, and it was the number one song in the country. All right. Again, the UK is really fucking special. Number one movie. So weird. It's like Uh, they're all in on the same joke, and they're just messing with us. Anybody else? Yeah. Maybe it was all. They have to be fucking with us. It was all in preparation for this podcast, so they can. They're all fucking with the world. Confuse us. (laughs) Uh, Um, I guess it's it's kind of like. In some ways, it's like uh, what the Japanese did in uh, at the uh, at the end of their feudal periods. They just kept they kept uh, outsiders out because they mm-hmm. didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to, you know, the threat of of anyone coming in and taking over. Um, and so this is their way of like putting a wall culturally of just <laughs> like. I mean, you can come like, here, but you're not going to like what we like. <laughs> you're not going to understand us. <laughs> Number one movie was Mrs. Doubtfire. Fire. Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, hello. Number one alternative song, In Your Arms by the Lemonheads. Uh, Death That Week, actor Cat. Sorry. Actor Pat Buttram. Events, skater Nancy Kerrigan is clubbed in the knee by rival skater Tonya Harding's uh, bodyguard. Jeff I'm, Galuli. Jeff Galuli. Wait, no, he was the husband. I'm just like, I'm just saying yeah, just whatever like the saying name Jeff Letterman Lully. said all the time. <laughs> right. Galuli. Galuli. Time Magazine cover. Men of the Year, The Peacemakers, Yasser Arafat, F.W. DeClerc, Nelson Mandela, and Yitzhak Rabin. DeClerc really gets left out of that. <laughs> yeah, he's memory. really usually not in the rundown. Um, elsewhere in track now, if you would. Mm. Did not. Mm. Silence. Find this one. Delicious silence. Elsewhere in track. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Engage. 
Uh, there was no new TNG episode that week, but that doesn't mean that it was all quiet outside the Bajor sector. The Okuda Star Trek chronology notes that around this time, Starfleet Intelligence learned that the Romulans had located the USS Pegasus lost for 12 years, as if we could ever forget. Mm. Nice. Cool. All right, well, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you all. Uh, we'll see you next year. <laughs> disengage um this is one for the record books i mean it depends on what your records are you know i'm sending this to the smithsonian oh like is this if this is our podcast going up to like the space station for all eternity we're sorry this is not typical of our standard why did we put the one up where we're both sick (laughs) it's historic like a big mistake uh so rivals Excuse me. <coughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, teleplay by Joe Minoski, written by, story by Jim Trombetta and Michael Piller, directed by David Livingston. And here's what it says. Quark feels threatened. This is on memoryalpha.com. Uh, memory-alpha.fandom.com. Quark feels threatened when a Not con a artist arrives on the station and opens up a competing bar. Meanwhile, Chief O'Brien is determined to beat Dr. Bashir at racquetball. This is lower the stakes and call me enjoyed. What? There are no stakes in this episode. There are no stakes. It's pretty pretty wild. I really found it baffling. (laughs) And I managed to put away a bit of latinum every year just for myself now he's gone well i've got quite a little sum (laughs) (laughs) that's important well to be honest it's not enough not for the future not for the way i want to live out my retirement so i've decided to invest it all and i can't believe i'm telling you this i just met you but I feel like I can really trust you. It's like I've known Ooh. you forever. Look at how many in sympathy. Out of focus. Time collapses. Yeah. Come Odo in. is in the background. They're nice. they're just tracking with him. And then he's gonna come back. I love it. This is a great shot. There are uh, who directed this one? David Livingston. David Livingston sure fucking goes above and beyond in this episode. Be there's a backward tracking time. shot later that's unnecessary. There's this shot. He is like yeah really digging in and and making everything like cinematic in this episode and maybe it's because he's like there is nothing happening in this episode i have to fucking do something visually you know that's a good point maybe that is sort of what he was thinking because it is the the, they're like there's real life brought to the scene by that move absolutely the scene of two strangers that we've never seen before i guess that's the other thing that he's doing is he's he's putting Odo out of focus in the background because he's not the main point of the shot but if you're watching it you're just like as I am what's going on yeah why am I watching this who are these people (laughs) my father was a stellar cartographer 30 years ago he conducted a full spectrum mineral analysis of those asteroids but he never had the means to follow up on what he found and now you plan to carry out your father's dream. <laughs> when his survey results become public, I'll get seven times my investment back. 
overnight. <laughs> I still can't believe I'm telling you this. <laughs> my secret plan. I've been thinking about it for years. I never even told my husband. Must be all this Gansy and wine. <laughs> How brave you are. To do all of this on your own. Jack Skellington. Oh, it hasn't been <laughs> There's so much to keep Christmas track. time. So much to do. <laughs> Maybe I could help. <sighs> Would you consider some kind of partnership? Let's go. Exactly where are we going? To security. But I've done nothing wrong. It's true. We were just talking. You were talking, madam. He was listening. Security Chief Odo, isn't it? I've been watching you ever since you arrived. Should I be flattered? Martis Mazur, a refugee from the El Orion system. Well, everyone has to be from somewhere. Where are you from, Odo? Huh? Don't pull that routine on me. What routine? I know all about you, El Orians. Your listeners. People like to talk to you. Everyone has to have someone to confide in. I find this a really interesting little Elorian detail. <laughs> that it's like, oh, that's in their species, you know. Their listeners. Subset yeah. of, set of like. But I feel like he's implying that it's like. It's not just that they're good listeners, that they somehow suck information out of people. They suck like people's like. There's something that puts people at ease and, and almost physiologically makes them, or or tele- telepathically makes them yeah. spill stuff. I think is a fascinating uh, spin on Guinan, who's the bartender. <laughs> um, it's just like, oh, was she unfairly using her Alorian abilities to get people to spill their guts? <laughs> I mean, obviously she was doing it in a benevolent way. but Spill your guts and keep on drinking. I also like that the indication is like, unless you're like a Guinan and you're a benevolent person, then there are probably a lot of Valorians that are con artists. Hmm. ...isn't necessary. I'm not going anywhere. Let's have a drink. Talk a bit. So, it's obviously Chris Sarandon, Jack Skellington, and... Mm-hmm. um. He's uh he's sort of in keeping with the TNG style cheese ball <laughs> handsome con artist guy that that we've spoken of so often it's like your 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 Devanani Rawls being the quintessential one <laughs> but Chris Randon's obviously a cut above of just being like real you know just a a fantastic actor and 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 classic villain um, but part of my problem in this episode is I don't know where they kind of go with him. Like, yeah, you set up this sort of antagonist for for Quark, so that's a little bit interesting. But he's kind of never that much of a threat. He doesn't have a larger plan. He kind of just falls into this other thing that happens. This this luck device. Do you think it's wild that? In the entire run of Star Trek, we've only seen three Elorians. Guinan, Soren, and this guy. Oh, Soren, right. Yeah, that is weird. And we don't really know anything about them, do we? No, we just get pieces of information from 
you know like it, to this guy's to the way this guy's presents because Guinan never really seemed to have any reason to use her whatever her claw powers were she was going to use on on Q on Q yeah <laughs> but this guy seems like he would have reason to use whatever other powers the Alorians have so I don't know if he's keeping them under under wraps or if he just doesn't have them or maybe Guinan's a different breed but there's a distinction amongst the genders if there Could are genders that, like she went to class and he didn't oh yeah she he didn't learn yeah that's why he's a con artist just trying to scrape by but he's kind of not even enough of a rascal to be interesting it's a great performance by Sarandon he's very controlled and and charming it's just sort of like what the, what's the purpose chief hello doctor great job you built it yourself, didn't you? Looks uh, like yeah. he's just isn't finished. that isn't that two finger thing up like a, 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 I, an fu in 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 Britain that he was giving him when he walked in? I don't know. Wasn't he doing his his dumb? Stretches? Yes, he was, but he was doing this, wasn't he? <laughs> I don't. Is I've that killed, I've is killed that you? A, is that like a is that a middle finger? I don't know. Is that I've never heard that. Let me look is up. that an up yours or whatever? I figured that'd be at least. It's a V for victory. I know uh, Churchill used it a lot. I think that's the other way, isn't it? A couple of other players on board. Didn't think you'd be. Yeah. Captain of the team at Starfleet Medical Academy. We that's took the what second he was doing at the top of the final scene. year. Well, against other medical students? Against everybody. Played a Vulcan in the finals. Talk about stamina. Didn't think he ever actually broke a sweat. And you won. Took him on a back wall riser shot. Oh. Well, I can't say I've had much in the way of formal training myself, but it's been a serious pastime for a lot of years. Oh, some of the toughest players I've come up against didn't really know what they were doing. Really? Ah, oh, formally, I mean. <laughs> hey, whatever works, works. This exercise, for example, I picked up at a tournament from a top player. It's a 5,000-year-old battle warm-up. According to the legend, it makes a heart a friend to the hand. <sighs> Medically, I don't really know what that means, but uh, it seems to give me a lot of energy. I like that. Fancy a game? Serve. So when O'Brien comes in, is he expecting... Uh, it seems like he's not expecting Bashir to be there. No. But then Bashir's there, and then he's like, let's play. Right. And then O'Brien loses. And then I was like, oh, does this, does it, does the like, is it is the next time O'Brien loses because of the luck thing? Well, no. I think it's when O'Brien's winning is because of the luck thing. Right. But Bashir's losing because the luck has skewed so far the other way. Yes. But like, if it was a level playing field, would O'Brien have a chance? I guess not because Bash- there's nothing. There's no luck situation in this scene, and Bashir. Yeah, wins. but he wasn't ready for it. I you see. know what I mean? I see. <laughs> I guess by the you're on Bashir. You're on O'Brien's side. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you this. O'Brien gets from Keiko. I'm like, yeah, go get him, O'Brien. O'Brien in all iterations 
of when he's facing off with Bashir is wearing improper shoes for this contest. He's like wearing like fucking nurse's shoes. <laughs> um, they're like a. Um, he's also wearing khakis like a and a weird off hiking shoe. Yeah. Get yourself a sneaker, friend. It's the future. Accept my apologies. I didn't mean get this to guy with apnea problems next to Chris Arandon. As you can see, my health is not so good. Yes, well, I'm sorry I had to wake you. I wasn't always like this. Of course not. I had youth, vigor, fame, wealth beyond measure. I guess it'd be a nightmare to be a Nalorian, suck people's stories out of them right. all the time. You know, even when you don't want. I'm it. not listening. All because of this. He said he was famous. Also, seems like that's a stretch. A gambling device. Did you win? Of course not. You gambled away everything you had? In a manner of speaking. Every trade deal I struck was a disaster. Every alliance I formed fell apart. Every endeavor backed a failure. Well, what does this have to do with a toy? Sounds like you just had a lot of rotten luck. Yes, rotten luck. In the end. It all comes down to luck. It took him a long time to figure out what was going on. I won. That's nice. What did you win? The thing is, this guy says all these shitty things happened to him. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I won, and he died. So theoretically, even if you're going to connect it to the ball which I guess Chris Sarandon doesn't, then that's not good that he thinks he won and he died. But outside of that, that... That's the sweetest release he could have had. I understand. That's funny. But what is why is Chris Sarandon like, ooh, I'm going to take this. This thing seems to have caused him a lifetime of terrible luck. I think he's sort of interested in it in a way that like, I found you know, to be sort of organic. Yeah, I accept that, but the only information he has about it is negative. Well, except right there, the guy won. Now it's on a hot streak. Right. I think it would make more sense if it, first of all. Because he, I think if he did it and he lost the first time he hit the button, yeah, then he'd probably leave it right where it was. The other problem that I'm already having in this episode is this is the second scene we're spending with Chris Sarandon and, and instead of having him interact further with one of our characters there's a new character that you're adding that I don't give a shit about right yeah yeah and a new plot like it's not even about him doing a con that he was starting in the first scene it's like now there's a device what does the device right. do we'll find out at some point right and then the B plot is <laughs> <laughs> so Brian and Bashir are playing racquetball. <laughs> I know. It's so Fantastic. strange. <laughs> medical school. Captain of the team at medical school. Who are you talking about? Bashir. You had a game? No, he had a game. I, I just kind of stumbled around the court for 90 minutes, made a complete ass of myself. I'm sure he didn't see it that way. The hell he didn't. 
that smug look on his face. I guess you prefer old-style rules. Like I was some kind of fossil. My day, I could have wiped the cord with him. That's a point. You're not a kid anymore. It's nothing to be ashamed of. People just naturally slow down. Oh, like molasses in winter, huh? Thanks. Miles, you're taking this way too seriously. Not a shape, that's all. I just need to get me win back. Sector champion, my eye. He's vulnerable to every one of my best shots. Woo! Just, I just yeah. get them. Yeah. Yeah. This time. Talk about an Irish potato. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that's not a compliment, man. Mm-mm. I thought it was gonna have Boil him up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sprinkle a little bako bits on that. Now, his luck is running out because he can't get any ketchup, right? That's that's what the ketchup thing is about. Oh. Is it uh, ketchup or salt? I thought I couldn't tell. Finally ketchup comes out. That makes sense. I thought this was another Livingston kind of thing of like he's game, like there's nothing fucking happening here. I'm just going to at least give them the business that he keeps going to the other tables to try and get something. So there's some movement in the scene. I thought so too, but I was like this is too much for a director. You're right. Man. You're right. I told him I was getting tired. He didn't believe me. And then his racket broke. And I thought finally. But no. He made me stay there while he went away and replicated another one. So what finally happened? He salt. While he was gone, yeah, it's not salt. I called my assistant and told him it's ketchup. What makes you certain it's ketchup? Because ketchup comes out at the end. Oh, it does. Yeah, that's terrible. There's no other way out. Otherwise, there would have been an emergency. Chief O'Brien's coronary. At least it's all over. Yeah, I can see you shaking it more like ketchup. This is just the beginning. Chief wants a rematch, and I'm telling you. I love that. I love that. I'm going to look you both in the eye and take your phone. <laughs> well, the first time he at least asked, yes. and then the second time he was like, What are you going to do? <laughs> it's going to kill him. Honestly, Julian, you're exaggerating. O'Brien can't be a day over 38. He's too young to die. Apparently, he was 40. Aha. Uh-huh. Guess I'm overstating the health risk. See, catch him. You were so right. That's not the point. Good eye, Matt. The chief has a lot of pride. What does he have? What do you think he's got there? Like a fish stick? I respect him. I thought it was a chicken patty. Chicken patty? What should I have for lunch? What should I order, Matt? Sick. You know, I was going to have that discussion with you before I ended up going with Fresh Corn Grill. Yeah. Um, Because I'm not hungry for anything. You know what I mean? Like, I have no specific craving. See, that's... I'm hungry. That is the one thing, is that I haven't lost my appetite, so that's good. No, no, my appetite's there. No. But, like, nothing oh, yeah. is appealing or unappealing to me. I agree with that, yeah. I've been doing I've been doing turkey sandwiches and, and soup. I got some matzo ball soup. I got a chicken soup. I got a ramen. That was pretty good. I mean, these are all good. These are all, these are all, all, all everything you just said I, I thought about getting today. Takes blue. Sorry, the drink's on you. Can I help you? And more. And how do you plan on paying for this? With charm, perhaps? Double or nothing? Double nothing is still nothing. If I lose, I'll give you this. House always takes blue. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Lucky. My luck's running good today. So I've heard. Decided not to testify, did they? I don't know what you mean. No? 
The 47th rule of acquisition says, don't trust a man wearing a better suit than your own. Either it is a great a suit. Artist, or you're covering up an empty it's a good rule. I happen to know it's both. Well, we can't be all as successful as you are. <laughs> Too true. I like that Cork is ready to gamble on it instantly just the second he puts it down. Some kind of game? And I can't I tell if he quickly evaluates that it's worth something or if he's if he's just like a thing. I want a thing. <laughs> I think he's I think I think he's like a thing. I want a thing at first. <laughs> yeah. And then he sees it. And you know, I was thinking about it too cuz I like, you know, I'm a I'm a gambler at heart. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, that is satisfying weirdly." <laughs> like the idea of this thing that you gamble with you, you press it and you either you win or i guess it is it's yeah. like a portable uh slot machine yeah. in that way yeah Let's see to me it key. seemed dumb i couldn't i didn't understand why everybody sure. was obsessed with it but also that might be because i saw it kill that other guy no it was just the joy he brought you know his heart Probably in a prop house somewhere. My luck's running good today. Am I supposed to be impressed? A little tinkering. Some replication and expansion. Might make a nice addition to your casino. And who would play this? It's just a child's toy. (laughs) My nephew, um, might keep him out of my ears for a couple of days. Ooh, not in the episode. I'll take it. No nog. That's a tidy sum. I'm feeling benevolent today. Have another. I just want to point out, I haven't even haven't even heard Kira say a line at this point. Or you haven't seen Cisco either. I haven't seen Cisco. No nug. Uh, no, not even Rum at this point. Andy's always wondering where Nog's at. What is what's Nog up to? Where's where did Nog and Jake? What are they doing? Um, it's just such a weird episode and. You know, this character is fine. You know, Chris Randon's doing a great job. He's very, you know, uh, very handsome, first of all, obviously. And very charming. But not that interesting. Other than he's an Alorian And people, he likes to, he's stuck listening to people. <laughs> um, and I did, I did notice something in the, in Memory Alpha where it was like a, was like they were thinking of maybe this character would be like a recurring character. And then Michael Pillar was like, nah. But it's partly like part of the reason that I think. First of all, I guess it makes sense if you. It almost feels like backdoor piloty kind of. I think which I've explained it on the podcast before is like when they have like, hey, here's this, you know, this this guy that drives a bus is coming to town, and you're spending an inordinate amount of time on this bus driver character in a sitcom or whatever, and then suddenly, and they're really they were just trying to start another show where they where he's the main character. Um, so it almost feels like that, the amount of time we're spending on this guy. But it definitely feels like they're trying to do something, like have him give him an arc, or and, and they clearly were thinking recurring. Well, they... Yeah. But then, like, I can see why they he would have been like, I don't know what we're doing, because it's almost the way they structure this character, he doesn't go evil, mm-hmm. he doesn't land on anything i think that's because they want to keep him around exactly yeah 
But as a result, you've taken away anything interesting about the character. He's not more quarky than Quark. He's kind of a Quark, except not as satisfying or funny or interesting. So why would you have this guy in there? What was the intention? Unless he was just going to become a, like a, a Guinan-y character at the end. I, I, but then don't I make him a con be... artist. Quark. The problem is Quark already has a rival. It's Odo. That's so, another to, great point. To give yeah. Quark a rival, it's like, well, what about Odo? That that what about that relationship you're building already? Odo, who's what also given short shrift in this episode. What do we even need the- from this guy? You know? Yeah. But I like him. <laughs> you just like Jack Skellington. Yeah. But the offer of the drink that tells me you're very interested. Nonsense. You read too much into nothing. My benevolence is known far and wide. Oh, it's legendary, I'm sure. I'll take 100 times what you've got here. Not in this space-time continuum, you won't. Go try to peddle this little triviality down on Bajor. You might be able to trade it for a meal, but it won't be a hard one. Good dialogue in the scene. You'll be in profit by the end of the week. And I like that he's... Final offer. He is sort of matching Quark in terms of maneuvering. That he's sort of he his hopefully Elorian abilities, like can you know, can kind of see you know. So you like his rivalry with Quark right now? Interesting. You know what? I was wrong. I want to see more of this guy. Some minutes ago, you didn't care for it. Let's make him a regular character, just like your security file. Thanks for the drink. Zero. He's going to go around and call for his ghost dog. (laughs) This was good. Then why are you shutting down? My husband and I ran this place for nine years. Before that, we had a shop on Bejor for 17. But a few months ago, he passed away, and my heart's just not in it anymore. Here's the other weird thing. Not the same, is it? It's one of many weird things in this episode. First of all, they keep having these scenes between minor characters. It kind of feels like a Bechdel test thing, except you're not testing for, is it two women? Are they, and are they and having a conversation that's not about a man? But it's like, are these two characters that are not part of the show having a conversation that has nothing to do with the show? <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but also, that it's like, you already had the Widow character... And so that character's sort of on the sideline, and then you introduce another Widow character that's like, what about our characters? Where is our show? What is happening? Right. This character, by the way, um, is um, is uh, Barbara Bossen, who played Lieutenant Farillo's wife, Faye Farillo, in, uh, in uh, Hill Street Blues. That's when I know them, her from something big. Nicely done. Thanks. Damn. Look at this. You think I'm stupid too? Baggy sweater he's wearing to this game. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need your charity. Next time you either play your best game or you don't play. 
That's how it is with Henry sometimes. He can tell when you're faking? Yeah. Ugh. Although the other day, he beat me at tic-tac-toe twice. Legitimately? Legitimately. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> lost tic-tac-toe to a four-year-old. <laughs> What's he done? Just look. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Do you usually go hard with Henry? Welcome. No. No. I'm not one of these lunatics. I don't know. See, it's, you could argue that it's like, you know, you teach him that, you know, you got to keep working to win. I throttle that gas pedal. You know what I mean? I know where to where to apply it. Right. Certainly never let me win. Martus. Great, great. I'm going to stand here with no lines. Happens to quarks. What doesn't happen? A few bribes to the Cardassians when they ran this place doesn't constitute a contract. Not in the eyes this of the This is another He's crazy Livingston move. He fucking follows yeah, the turbo lift down. down. Is this a turbo lift or is this something else? <laughs> turbo lift? Okay. You owe me! You begged me to stay here when you first came on board. And then board. this tracking shot? Against my better judgment. I didn't beg. I blackmailed you. And don't pretend it hasn't paid off for you either. It's paid off fine until now. Martis is cutting into my profits. I want him stopped before it gets any worse. It's too late for that, my brother. What's the meaning of this? I've promised your underpaid sibling a one-quarter partnership in my establishment. <laughs> make me a better offer. A, a bidding war over you? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. <laughs> Careful, Martis. He shaves the Latin. I do not. Not much. <laughs> good, good delivery. I also like the specific. Do you like that it was like the? Do you like that it was the reverse delivery of what it should have been? Because he should have yelled to Martis, "I do not," and then back to him, "Not much." Do you yeah, know what I mean? back right. to. It. But he flipped it, and I think that made it funnier. Yes. Well, that's almost if if Martis heard him. It's like, uh, no, not much. Right. I also like the specific, it's a nice uh, world building you specific that you can kind of just <laughs> shave off platinum pieces. <laughs> sure, that's why it comes in bars. Yeah. <laughs> does look like a better place to hang, you know? It does look nice, yeah. Brighter. Wonderful. What's wrong? They won't finalize the transaction until I commission a study on the effects of asteroid mining on inner system navigation. Crazy. All my money is committed to the bid. I can't afford the study and I only have a week to get it done. All this time? How much do you need? 10,000 ISICs. 10,000 ISICs? It won't be easy to raise that kind of money. I hope I can find an investor in time. I might know someone, but what kind of return can they expect on their investment? Well, once I began mining, I'd pay back ten times ten thousand. Don't worry, Alcia. I'll do everything in my power to keep your dream alive. Guys, that's when you know it's a scam, okay? There's no reason for her to offer 10x the investment. Yep. I mean, that's the other thing is you sort of see this coming. I like that there's a reversal with this character. I agree. I enjoyed it. But it's it is also just like, why? 
Why are we... So, all right, so there was this other character between these two people. come up at These two people we didn't know, and he's the con artist, but then she's going to con him, and then there's another lady that he's sort of conning, and it's like, what about Deep Space Nine? <laughs> what is going on? With my brother around, you could never be too careful. You mean to say he poisoned the cannabis? Maybe not poison, but a small intestinal bug? I wouldn't put it past him. Oh, don't worry about Quark. I've had the most astonishing run of luck lately. I'm beginning to think I can do no wrong. What do you feel about this moment? I feel fine about it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, maybe uh, Chris Sarandon in the... Uh, she's a Dabo girl. Is that what she is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Dabo girl had a previous prior relationship, uh, you know, consenting a prior relationship, and it's not, uh, it's not, um, you know, an employer pulling his employee onto his lap in a questionable way. Maybe it's not. Well, I mean, I do understand why. I mean, the fact that he's proposing to this widow. Uh huh is bananas and very silly. That's certainly true. And then I was like, oh, this is this is a guy they want to keep around forever, but they're not going to, which I know because I've seen Deep Space Nine, but I just f- forgot about this episode. And I'm like... Well, wait, what does is, what is his proposing to the lady mean, indicate to you? Oh, it just indicates this the 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 lengths with which he will go, just for a little profit. Which is like just you know it's a Quarkian. Although Quark doesn't really con people, he cons people, doesn't he? He takes advantage of them. It feels similar. That's part of the reason why. Like I don't know why you would think you would need this character. Right. Perhaps we should consider uh, formalizing our relationship. Are you proposing to me? What are I'm you? I'm married to Lieutenant Perillo. Oh, it's Perillo. beautiful. You deserve nothing less. <laughs> and these are wonderful. Where did you find them? I had them replicated from a handheld version a friend gave me. I've never seen anything like them. No one has. All right. Is this everything you'll need for the lab? I think so. The science of it is like real wonky. Yeah. So if, if feedback the science to me here, Andy. They've replicated because he replicated big giant ones. <laughs> yeah. That has put uh, some neutrino particles in that are more spaced apart. I don't know exactly what it's doing scientifically. I know probability wise, it's like he had a smaller one and then he had the the replicators make bigger ones and. And then they're just creating more intense action based on no apparent power power source. What happened? Well, you served. I returned low. You slipped on the ball. I slipped on the ball? Stepped right on it mid-flight. Never seen anything like it. Easy now. Let me check you out. Fine. Sir. Dr. Bashir, report to the infirmary. I'm sorry, Chief. I have to go. I'll get you next time, okay? We'll talk about that. It's just that... I guess I don't enjoy this game as much as I used to. I hope you don't mind. I'm sure you'll find another opponent. 
I respect him for just saying it straight out. Yeah. Look at this outfit. This is weird khaki shorts. He's still wearing the work boots. I mean, that's an outfit that I would have worn on a hiking trip as a Boy Scout. <laughs> Where is everybody? My friendly competitor's place. It's all about rivals. That's what ties it all in, Matt. You see, Quark is a rival with Mardis, and then O'Brien's a rival with Bashir. That makes a lot of sense. So now the episode makes sense. I thought it was rivals, and I was like, what's a rival? This is ridiculous. I don't understand. This is some sort of alien made-up word. This is also an example of, like, yeah, you came up with a title that fits your plots, but you don't have a show. <laughs> this is not an episode of television. Even the backups. Funny. I've been hearing a lot of bad luck stories in the last <laughs> few hours. Dr. Bashir tells me the infirmary is full of minor accidents. People slipping and falling, walking to turbolift doors before they open, that kind of thing. Well, I've had a great day, so don't try sending your misfortunes my way. Come on. You make your own luck. We all know that. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy. They kept avoiding the pratfalls. They didn't have when O'Brien slipped on the ball. They didn't, they have Akira fall off screen. Well, that's why Livingston, he gave you those elevator shots and the stairs shots. So he's like, it's like that's it. That's where our money getting, went. You're not getting you're not getting these pratfalls. Um, Kira falling. Gosh. I feel like uh, uh, Nana Visitor really telegraphs that something's going to happen when she walks off screen. <laughs> Well, she knows that she knows they're not going to shoot it, so she's really <laughs> want to make sure that it's put across. <laughs> uh, just for the record, uh, I kept saying Lieutenant Ferrello. It is Captain Ferrello. I apologize. Ah, here he is, the reigning champion of Starfleet, a legend on both sides of the wormhole. Ladies and gentlemen, Miles the Mechanic O'Brien. <laughs> What's this all about? I got an emergency call. Well, so did I. But I don't see any emergency. And the challenger. He's fast. He's deadly. He's Julian Bashir. They call him the doctor. The grudge match of the galaxy. Oh, before you get to this. uh, We've gotten to it, but go ahead. Yeah, well, whatever. First of all, the mechanic and the doctor are great fucking sports nicknames for them. Um, Go to the final scene in the previous act with Quark sitting there. Yeah, that one. So? No, I suppose not. All right, pay them all off. Challenge of the galaxy. Match of the century. Wonder of the wormhole. always takes blue <laughs> that's an act ender yeah and what is that telling us that Quark's betting on himself here <laughs> it's telling us Quark's nothing Quark's a winner Quark's it's, a winner ride that train yeah it's sort of attitudinally he's like uh oh Quark's not giving up and he's got a plan it's like that's your act ender and then the plan just is, I'm going to have a, a a match and try and draw customers from my competitor. It's like, what? What? 
between the axes. That was what you under storyboard. You can't. That was your your fucking story point. <laughs> Look, it was a teleplay by. Okay. I bet that I bet he lost that page of the outline. <laughs> system failures. I didn't get hurt by a system failure. I tripped and fell. Just coincidence. That's all. Hasn't affected my there fantastic must be a posture. Explanation for all this. Maybe a virus or some kind of spatial disruption. It'd have to be something that would affect both people and machinery. Get on it. I always had smaller loads than the rest of the boys. They used to tease me about it. Quark was the worst. He told everyone I was adopted. I just don't understand. Things were going so well. On my naming day, Clark substituted old vegetables for my presence. Just the other shot you're talking about? Yeah. More than our father had I paid couldn't for care less about your trivial childhood. We've been virtually abandoned. And I want to know why. Here's the other oh, thing. That's yeah, a great running joke and a great thing that almost could be a whole subplot minimally maybe even a plot that you have an Alorian that's basically a doppelganger for or whatever no doppelganger but is like the flip side of Guinan who is like unlike Guinan hates people fucking telling them their problems all the time and it's sort of a runner it's just a slight joke but it's not really built like when I'm watching this I don't I'm not thinking about the fact that he's an Alorian I'm just thinking well Rom's oh. acting the way Rom acts. Was that I what was. you were thinking in that scene? Yeah, oh, all right. About and did you think it was hilarious? <laughs> no, I thought yeah. it was fine. Fine. And I think, yeah. like, if you're going to build that joke, build that joke. I don't think they've really built that joke at all. I mean, they built they, it's in they there. Missed the, they missed the step somewhere. Yes, it's not. They it's not a beat. firm game. It's it's yeah. sort of there. But also, you got too much other shit going on. But there's also nothing going on. Well, that's the other problem. It's like too much going on and nothing going on. Nothing of note going on. (laughs) And then that's this is this weird, uncomfortable runner. (laughs) Don't think I didn't see through you right from the start. (laughs) It's a joke, really. Well, in case you've forgotten, I still hold the lease on this place. I want you out of here by tomorrow and then take those damn things with you. But, 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 but treasure. Oh, I knew no good would come of this. I never should have left Clark. What's going to happen now? I'm not sure. But I have an idea. So I wonder why, why this guy I mean, mm-hmm. he's a handsome, you know, good actor. But, like, why... Chris well, Sarandon? Uh, no, yeah, my question is not why Chris Sarandon. My question is, why build this for this character? Like, what is what are you, what are you trying to fill in your show that you feel like you're missing? I don't I don't I can't think of anything honestly and I think that's why the character has come back. Yeah. Are they thinking like another handsome character? It's like Oh, a handsome human? Maybe. But just about 10,000 like- isics. 
Oh, Marcus, you don't know what this means to me. I know what it means to me. <laughs> Ten times as much in return. You won't regret this. You'll see. We'll both be rich. We celebrate. Miles, wait. A silk handkerchief. Medieval Japanese design. Scented with my perfume. <laughs> really seems like losing really gets Keiko going. <laughs> <laughs> is that what the subtext is? Yeah. And he's, See, I and just sort of... Like, bone zone's open when you get back, bud. See, I just sort of took it as like... Frankly, this is the first moment where I'm like, oh, now I see this char- these two characters that are never not fighting. Like, never for a second are not fighting. I see like, oh, I see. These two like to get down and dirty. They, they're just mm-hmm. like... Where they connect is the bone zone and everything else is uh, is just fighting. Just so happens that this episode has a wormhole to the bone zone. It even has. She even has a little bit of a like a silk scarf. This kind of a maybe a little bit of a bondage subtext. Who knows? (laughs) Aren't you going to try? Too far. Too far. I'm just telling you what what I see. The monks tell me it's a medicinal brew, an ancient secret of their order. It's supposed to impart great energy and vigor. Just the kind of thing to have before an athletic competition. I love that Quark mixes this thing up, but it, you need to drink 20 ounces of it in one fell swoop. Yeah. For it to function. Yeah, good point. Water, sucrose, dextrose, trimnal root extract, grain particles. Also, I respect Bashir for instantly testing it and, and you know, not trusting Quark. But it also is like. like said, all natural. It's an anesthetic Quark. I guess it if indicates what Quark's stand, let alone play plot was. What do you mean? I'm like, well, why go to this? Why work the shoe leather to have this scene if Bashir's well, going to... Because you just... have to set it up. Ha- I mean, I guess you have set it up already, but like the stakes of everyone having bet on Bashir for Quark have to be sort of established. The unbelievability of the fact that O'Brien isn't missing any shots has to be established. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But I mean, why... I mean, I guess you're explaining what Quark's plan was, that he was going to bet on everything on O'Brien and then drug Bashir. But it's mm-hmm. sort of a side issue to the probability plot anyway. So it's just more little tiny plot moves that don't add up to anything and also if you're talking about the stakes issue then I was like oh is Bashir gonna have to um 
throw the match, which would be sort of some kind of emotional stakes of like here he would have to publicly show that he was no because he already threw the match earlier. That's true. So that but that's so not an issue so either, and it doesn't matter anyway because happen. he just says. Well, and so I was oh, in order to, to get the, the blankets for the monks, it's like, no, he just says, no, you're going to pay for the blankets one way or the other. So it's like, that's, there's right. no stakes there either. Not the bad break for Bashir. 9-3 O'Brien. Mark, I'm cutting the transmission. What? You can't. Watch me. Ladies and gentlemen, the players have called a three-minute break. Benny is reopened. Three minutes. Three minutes only. Why do you do that? Something's wrong here. With me, maybe. But you're having a great game. Yeah, the best I've played my entire life. I'm making shots I couldn't have made 15 years ago when I was playing five hours a day every day. I can't miss. And I can't hit the broadside of a Plygorian mammoth. Made a board where we know. Throwing the ball against the wall. Should have come straight back to me. You try. Yeah, it's also very vague. Like, Brian Tawaps. Why does the probability just favor O'Brien? Right, one person over the other. Goes right into his head. How many takes? Every single time. <laughs> How many takes? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I would say three. <laughs> like the neutrinos on the O'Brien station. O'Brien very the calm. Same way. Or a few dozen people having minor accidents Call at him. the same instant. Or a system failing just at the wrong time. Exactly. Someone or something on the station is distorting the laws of probability. Changing them so incredibly unlikely things can happen on a regular basis. Well, how can we find out what's causing it? I think I know a way. Ninety-eight percent of the neutrinos in this room are rotating clockwise. The games are open. We're not here to play, Dax. 100% clockwise. It's these machines. Am I gambling machines? What's wrong with them? Somehow these machines are altering the laws of probability all over the station. So that's what he meant. Who? The alien who gave me the original. He said it all came down to luck. That must be how it works. When you win, it makes you lucky. When you lose... But these machines are affecting everyone on the station, whether they're playing them or not. Impossible. You must be mistaken. Wait a minute. You said there was an original machine? Yes, a smaller one. When I opened the club, I replicated these larger ver... Larger versions. See, he's even, like, sort of so innocent. How do you turn them And off? he was just ignorant in doing that. <laughs> yes. Also, like, why... If all the machines are running bad, uh -huh. why is Bashir having really good luck? Because Bashir naturally has bad luck. Oh, I, I mean, see. Because because O'Brien naturally has bad luck is what I'm saying. I Sorry. Yeah. Um, so O'Brien, when everyone else is having bad luck, O'Brien is the only one having good luck. Does Je does Brian generally have bad luck? 
I think so. I think okay. O'Brien generally has bad luck. Uh-huh. And I wonder if that's a purposeful thing in the story. Or if it doesn't make any sense. But they'd only have it on the I'm court in this one sure. match. It's not even an ongoing thing. On and that would have been much more interesting. He went home and they didn't fight. That is true. You're saying they're always fighting when he goes home, and guess what? Not this time. But honestly, that would have been a more interesting general plot line is like, how does Cisco handle when things are like just bad luck is plaguing him? Like we know, probably know how Kira handles that. How does she handle it when everything's going right for her? Is she uncomfortable? Right. Although, you know, following these two widows is also really interesting. Yeah, you know, I think they're super fun. I love widows. I didn't exactly. I just I like told more. the replicator to scan the original and make copies. I think they have some kind of internal power source. Lieutenant. This I don't understand either. That they're just like, well, we don't know anything about these things. Okay, they're affecting our probability. So yeah, they Let's might have internal power them. sources. Let's <laughs> use phasers and blow them up. So wait, crazy. Wait, 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 what are you doing? Might use this permanently affect the probability on no, the station? for you. You can't possibly blame me for this, Commander. Oh, I'd like to. Unfortunately, I don't have anything I can charge you with. Fortunately, I do. That elderly Python couple you assisted has had a change of heart. They've decided to press charges. Do you think Odo was just being a wall the whole time? <laughs> so he knew exactly when to morph into himself and walk out? I think he was one of those devices, and he was like, oh, no! <laughs> and he changed back before they shot him. <laughs> Fine job by Chris Wren. I knew you'd come to get me out. Inside. What's the meaning of this? Ask him. Your lay friend here just tried to scam me. Scam? Asteroid mining. To think anyone would be foolish enough to be taken in by that old trick. But don't worry, Martis. I've come to get you out. In return, for what? Nothing. Pure generosity. Uh, You're enjoying this, aren't you? Oh, taken in by one of your own victims and no one to turn to but me? I can't remember when I've been so entertained. I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Now, how about giving me 2,000 Isics to book passage out of here? You want me to give you money? Ridiculous. Of all the ungrateful arrogance. Unless you want me to stay here on the station. <laughs> all right. I'll loan you 500 Essex. You can book passage on a cargo ship. 1,500. After all, I do have expenses. 600. 1,200. I still have my dignity. Dignity in an empty sack is worth the sack. Rule of acquisition number 109. (laughs) That's a good one. All right. 800. Go on. I'm listening. 
Is there See, another offer he's got on big top of that? Ears. He can listen too. He's an Alorian, but a Ferengi. Was there a further negotiation? Is that why he said I'm listening? Is there a further he point to be listen- negotiating? No, the, he, he said I'm listening to be haha Lorian now, who's the one oh, who I listens. See. Oh, I see. Oh, it really was a plot, but I don't. It seems I don't know. It's not firm to me because he's a con artist and he's got all these other things going on. So anyway, so great job. <laughs> <laughs> Will it be Cisco, Dax, or Kira Narice? It can't be Worf until season four, but there's a Brian Bashir and even Quark. And don't forget about Odo and more. What is not MVC? Kira. Hmm. Who gets it today? Who? Who? Uh, Dax? I, mean, I guess it's Dax for yeah. getting for figuring out what was going on. Otherwise, everyone else is clueless. Yeah, it's Dax. Also, every, there's no other stakes. Well, Quark does prevent anyone else from getting scammed by that woman. <laughs> I guess that's true. He saved other people from the from the widow con con artist. Yeah, he's paying it, and not the non con artist widow. Well, let's do the thing that I'm curious about. Which How is... many Andy's does this episode get? Yeah, well, you know, uh, for all my bitching and moaning. There's a lot of interesting things that happen, and uh, Chris Randon is is fun, and uh, uh, I think I'm just I was so irritated it sort of pulled it down because I'm like, what? Where is this going? And also, mm-hmm. a lot of the aspects, like if you just have him as an aggressive con artist and he's really doing something nefarious, that's sort of an interesting plot. Who's like fucking coming right. up against Quark? That's an interesting plot. Um. The probability thing, if you take that to the moon, then that's an interesting direction of like everything's going very badly for the for the station. Yeah. But none of that happens. Uh, give it a f- four. I give it a five. Yeah. You know, and I think that honestly, it's Chris Sarandon's performance that gets it up that high. Yeah, he is good. And, and it's so little plot happens that it's inoffensive. Do you know what I mean? That's also fair. And you know, so it's it's this is an episode. This is the first episode of Deep Space Nine. I'd feel comfortable going to sleep to. Oh, I can certainly understand that. I almost did watching it straight. The, but uh, the interesting thing is that it's like I wouldn't have a problem. Like when it's going into O'Brien and Bashir, sort of just playing racquetball. I'm kind of like, oh, I could kind of watch this, and I could kind of even watch the dynamic of O'Brien's just for, pissed off that Bashir is, you know, is uh, is touting himself and beats him. Like, I'm interested in dynamics and just like them just interacting and shit like that. And maybe there isn't that much plot sometimes, but this episode didn't even spend that much time on the other char- on the characters. So yeah, it was a lot of uh, guest stars on this episode not enough main cast and the characters are not that interesting those guest stars even if they are so played by Chris Randall very true this is cough 